Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Why I have to get mixed up with that bitch? Because she's got a great podcast. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm sorry for saying bitch to lead off this about a great Ashley Judd performance. God, I'm embarrassed. My life's a disaster zone. Got a stepdaughter so fucked up because her real father's this large type asshole. I got a wife passing each other on the downslope of a marriage. My third, because I spend all my time chasing guys like you around the block. That's my podcast. <laughs> So we were talking about this. You got to do 50 blinks. That's the only thing. But well, you know, for me, the action is the podcast <laughs> or the podcast is the juice. Yeah. Whatever you the podcast is the juice. No, but that's the size more. So it's different. But oh, yeah. you got to do a lot of blinks. Yeah. He does a lot me, of blinks. For me, the podcast is the truth. You know what? Uh, You're just Pacino, no yeah. matter what. Okay. There, there's a line in this movie. It's when he, uh, uh, his wife has is, is given him the business. About missing dinner. An incredible scene. Right. I'm sorry if the chicken got overcooked. No, but you see, you're even doing too much because right, what right. I love He's about so, it very is weary. it feels like the take where Pacino gave up, <laughs> but within the movie, it feels like this character is so broken that yes. he can't even commit to saying something quippy. So he starts off with all this Andrew he was like, I'm down there, triple homicide. So apologies if because of that, the chicken is... Overcooked. <laughs> like he just gives up on trying to be a movie character. Hundred uh, percent. God damn. Jimmy. You want to sit there on the couch? Podcast my wife. <laughs> Ball my wife. I hadn't Ball heard Ball my wife. That I. That's one that has completely slipped out of the vernacular. Oh, it's still there. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm Ex. trash. <laughs> right. Exactly. It just slipped down. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. It's right. out of the ether, but it's down here in the it's fucking settled into the soil. Yeah. Right. Right. I got. I bald. It's weird to say bald my wife. Right. Like that's the only like. It's well, also because Xander Berkeley's bald. So you're yeah. like, wait, is this a bald joke? No, he's talking about his balls. Right. Okay. You have to watch it with subtitles on. Because I feel like I'm a connoisseur of awful euphemisms for sex. Right. And I love reappropriating them in a <clears throat> postmodern context. Postmodernistic bullshit house. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh, but but I just was like, wow, I have let bald, and maybe it's just my own failing. I have let bald fall out of my rotation. It's, I don't think it's been there in six years. Also, the predicate, my wife, never pairs well no. with like, you're like, I titty fucked my wife. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> you know who's got a great set of tits? Yeah. My wife. <laughs> like, it just sounds crazy. I slipped my wife the salami. <laughs> I laid pipe on my wife. I don't like bald. You I don't? don't? Like, no. I like how bad it is. Like it's I, so bad. And it, it doesn't have a flow to it. It stops the sentence cold no matter where you put it. Let's see if there are any other good Pacino quotes here. The, in this movie? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. Let's go to hour, hour two, minute 56. You can probably find a couple exactly. more. Exactly. You can just sort of spin the globe and put your finger down. Look, here it is. Here it is. I'm angry. I'm very angry, Ralph. You know, you can ball my wife if she wants you to. You can lounge around here on her sofa in her ex-husband's dead tech postmodernistic bullshit house if you want to. But you do not get to listen to my fucking podcast. He picks up that tiny little television. He picks up the server and he, uh, he right. takes the picks feed the with him. I was RSS doing a podcast feed. with David Sims a half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> when I get to Phoenix. When he starts singing. Oh, yeah. And he's 
Technically, was yesterday. You're wasting my motherfucking time. This is the performance that breaks him, right? Because I feel like people point to Devil's Advocate because they go, that was the last time he was kind of good. He is still good in Devil's Advocate, but this is him starting to break. And I, it's still entertaining. I, 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 I think this agree. is him peaking. I think he's cresting here I as think Pacino. Sense, I think so. Scent I, of but a I think woman. he breaks at the top of the mountain. He gets <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, top yeah, yeah. and he starts cracking. Scent <laughs> of the woman is the one that, that breaks the dam, right? right? Where he's like, oh, this is allowed? Yes. You know, and they're like, here's your Oscar, sir. And he's like, that was good. It's that was encouraged. good. <laughs> right. I'm rewarded. And then like he still can, he does Carlito's Way the day, you know, the year after that's a quiet, you know, that's not like an insane performance. It's not super, you know, well, he Donnie has Donnie Brasco's after Donnie Brasco's after this the insider which is a yelly performance but yeah. it's a good one is after this insomnia right. obviously is right. after this but we like, both agree insomnia is his last good performance in a theatrically released film uh, his only good work after that is uh, Angels in America HBO it's on HBO yeah it's all yeah. wig killers right <laughs> he really likes killers. to play killers that have weird wigs did you see the Paterno movie I did not I couldn't oh, bring myself to like support in a chair <laughs> it's literally just him sitting in a chair and everyone's like uh, yeah, well, of course, Jack and Jill. There is Dunkachino. We should. That's his only that. other yeah, right, good. Well, yeah, that's not a feature film. film. It's a great commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. If you broke that out. Yes. Um, but you know, in Paterno, he just sits in a chair and everyone's like, what should we do about Paterno? And he's like, oh, I used to be a football coach and just doesn't do anything at all. It's the most boring movie in the world. William Freakin called Pacino in his, uh, in his, uh, memoir, he called him a hair actor. Wow. He said, yeah, he spends an hour doing his hair or whatever. And then. Freakin goes on to tell the story that he would let Pacino tire himself out and always use the fifth take. He'd be like, yeah, yes. go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. And then when right. he didn't have the gas left is when right. he got well, Freakin got the one more out of it. This yeah. is IMDb trivia, so who knows? And Freakin was with him pretty, I mean, was in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. It Cruising, wasn't even, right. and, Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Al Pacino had a full facelift before filming yes, began. Yes. Now, that's just IMDb trivia, like no attribution, no, but right. like, I do love that idea where he's like, He's getting weary in the yeah. faces, and he's like, pull it back up! Yeah. I got a movie to make! Uh, Al Pacino and uh, my grandmother, sure. uh, uh, Ruta, have, have weirdly morphed into the same person through similar procedures and uh, hair strategies. Because I think my grandmother's probably around the same height as Pacino. I say with no disrespect, I'm a little man. Uh, but she does the exact same sort of like weird Rod Stewart, let me add six inches of height. Right. But it's like sort of flat ironed into like yeah. separate and strips. And than it should be. At yes. That, yeah, yeah. And a similar coloration. Because she's gone to the same thing as Pacino. Where Pacino's now kind of like strawberry blonde in these movies. <laughs> He's somehow salt and pepper and... Honey? <laughs> yeah, salt and lemon pepper. <laughs> salt and lemon. Uh, the, the most fucked up scene in the entire movie, uh-huh. of course, is a close-up of Pacino kissing his wife. Oh, and, that's a crazy yeah. And shot. that looks like kind of two of-age lesbians making yes. out. And I didn't hate it. And then no. it's like, when you zoom out and realize it's not like an Italian and a Greek lesbian yeah. kissing, it's a shirtless. five foot two shirtless man. It's also one of those things where you watch this scene and you're like, right, this is the last time you can film this and not get arrested. Right? Di- Diane Venora is roughly, she's like 10 years younger than him. Yeah. They're almost age appropriate. Yeah. I mean, well, they're basically age appropriate. I don't like any of the relationships in this movie. In you the don't movie. think this movie depicts healthy relationships? <laughs> it's just like the throwback of like the 80s of like men gotta work except the work is killing or stopping killing and <laughs> that's my it's michael mann man yeah, i know yeah. it's like my wife my girlfriend wants me to go to fiji with her but i need to kill wayne yeah. grow i gotta get the <laughs> juice 
he does gotta kill Wayne Grove. Yeah. Wayne Grove is no good. Yeah, well, his yeah. biggest sexual release in the movie is saying, "Look at me" to Wayne Grove before he blows him away. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. Look at me. We, we, you know, we've said on this miniseries. I'm sure we'll continue saying this, but Michael Mann movies are about, if you know, above all else, tough men making tough choices. Yes. And there's no tougher choice. Then do I go on vacation go with to my, Fiji with the rest of my girlfriend? And, Amy. Right. An infinite vacation right. with a girl who hit on me. Right? Who's you know, she saw? Oh, look at this fucking psychopath yeah. reading a metal book. <laughs> right. So you're 30 years older than me and look like you killed recently in uh, the timeline. And of this my film. reaction to you hitting on me was like, "Look, lady, what do you want to know about?" <laughs> right. me? And right. then she's like, "Oh, sorry. Well, let's give him one more chance. Yeah, right. He is old and unattractive. <laughs> he does not out have of his cutlery in his." House. Yeah. yeah. He does live in an IKEA showroom. Yeah. I like even Val Kilmer in that movie is like, dude, you gotta get furniture. Yeah. I, I, I tried to crash in your house. I just sleep on the floor. Yeah. But you know, the good thing is he is completely emotionally vacant. <laughs> right. Uh, what about that moment of seeing this cold killer in a gray right. suit at a bar makes you go, Oh, I am yeah. an artist, a female artist. <laughs> he's hot. I'm sorry. I would go for De Niro in this movie. He, he I'd does, be like, I can hot. crack him open. He has like I'll the, be the one. Cocky, hot dude, like you kind of want him to pay attention he to you because he's so cold. You're yeah. like, if he gives you, this is like my my father, my wife, like oh, all my friends, like the people I find the most. You surround yourself with Michael Mann character. I do because I, yeah. I, I surround myself with people that I'm like, I don't know if they like me or not. Right. Let me yeah. confront, right. let me make sure right. they like me through effort. <laughs> Uh, this, of course, is yeah, a podcast called right, Blank sorry. Check with Griffin no, and no, David. No, it's quite all right. <laughs> no, we've, we've started uh, pushing that, the introduction, until the second hour, if we can. Uh, it's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce Baby, he he does baby in this. That's where Gino Lombardo, my character I do on Comedy Bang Bang, I stole baby. Really? Yeah, because I just loved baby. I mean, I wrote it in a screenplay one time where a, a, like a shock jock says, "You got to love yourself, baby." And I just I took it from Pacino, it's and so I can't good. stop it. Yeah. yeah, it's so much fun. To say. <laughs> you were gonna have to share me with the bad people and all the ugly events on the planet. You know what you signed up for? When we got together, baby. Baby, yeah, the chicken you- is over. Chuck, what do you want baby. me to say? There's a baby in the microwave, baby. I put a baby. In the microwave. Oh my god! <laughs> this, uh, this, of course, is a miniseries on the films of Michael Mann. That's right. It's called Cast of the Potheacans. Sure. Is that what it's called? I already forgot. Yeah, AKA Michael Mansplaining. Uh, uh, and with us today, an amazing, amazing guest. Oh, thank you. Someone we want to have on for a very long time. Yep. Uh, and it all the the schedules always cl- whenever you were here, David was away. It's all um, my fault. Uh, well, but, I do live on the other coast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as he said in his uh, introduction, our guest today is Gene Lombardo. <laughs> hey, thanks, asshole. Yeah. Uh, John Gabris is here. Hey, thanks, asshole. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, my characters are thin veils. Most <laughs> of action boys. Gene Lombardo is my favorite character in the entire CBB universe. It is. You said that to me when you weren't here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, truly. Yeah, he's just a ramped up version of me. It's like, an immediate play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that's the immediate topic cue if Gino's on an episode. Do you, do you know how deep mine and Griffin's history goes? Go ahead. He was I was his level one improv teacher. Are you kidding me? I met him when he was, I mean, I still think he's 19, but yeah, I think sure. I met you when, how old were you? I think been? I was 16? truly, no, I think I was 19 or 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was 19. Always hard yeah. to guess with you. Yes, yes, I think I was a, a hard I made 19. you show me your ID before I blew yes. you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just to confirm. 
<laughs> we were equals. Yeah, and uh, then we cast Griffin in a what we thought was yes. going to be a pilot. It right. ended up being a right. digital series. A TV show that we filmed at your real childhood home. My mom's house. Because you said, like, we're, like, okay friends. We see each other, excuse me, we see each other, like, once or twice a year. And you're like, you have been to both my childhood home and my home in L.A. Right. Yeah, I don't have any friends that have that coupling. Yes, I met your mom. <laughs> right. How's his mom? Lovely. Looks yeah. a lot like me. Hey. Shorter, yeah. slightly less hairy, and uh, even more Italian. Uh, kept right. on bringing food around. Yep, it's a classic. For the cast and crew, but sometimes would do it mid-take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, also, we cast my mom as an extra, and she yeah. just watched. She, uh, we, we, yeah. They showed me like playback, and she just stared at me and smiled. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not supposed to know who I am. Just so much. <laughs> and she's just like, oh my God, look, right. my son's shooting a movie. <laughs> but they'd be like, roll, roll for room tone, and then she'd come in and be like, anyone want Tatinos? <laughs> like a big flat well, of Did course anyone? I want yeah. who doesn't want to exactly. see yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah you're yeah. here John well thanks for having me I'm a fan of listening to the podcast thank you I'm we're like, saying you're like the king of podcasts I, I love guesting on podcasts I love listening to podcasts and I love hosting three different podcasts yeah. Pff, the sound you hear is me blowing my head off <laughs> no but you know when you like see like I, I hope this doesn't sound backhanded because it's certainly not the intention right and you are a very skilled actor and a very skilled writer yeah uh, but you know when um, like like certain stand-ups you were like why haven't I heard of this guy like right. I'm seeing him host or I'm seeing him like do an hour at the club and he's like killing and you're like it just doesn't translate like, he's specifically someone who works in a live comedy club. Right, right. There's something about what you said. Like, everything you've developed in your life is, like, perfectly suited to the accidentally podcast pointing medium. to yeah, I had no idea right. until the medium, until I moved to Los Angeles and yeah. was asked to do an episode of Comedy Bang Bang. Right. And I'm like, what is, like, I never even listened to podcast. I listened to yeah. This American Life before then because this would have been 2011 or 2012. Sure. So yeah. I wasn't even into podcasts. I didn't have a car. I was reading books on the subway like a grown-up. <laughs> And that, then I moved to LA and I do a podcast and people are like, wow, you're really good at that. I'm like, you mean sitting and talking for two hours and purposefully trying to ruin conversation with jokes? And they're like, yeah, that's what podcasting is. I'm like, well, let me get a slice of this shit. Yeah. Right. It's like all the stuff you enjoy doing in improv that all your improv teachers told you not to do. Yeah. It's like be yourself, be real, un reveal dark truths. Like, yeah, right. It's the Steam best. Steamroll the conversation. <laughs> I was, that was the great thing about Gabrus as an improv teacher was he would like sort of do the like, I mean, look, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> right. But he he would have slapped on. you down because yeah. he's like, look, it's kind of working. Right, right. Right. He'd be like, come on, it's funny. I laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the old joke I used to say like, as I got longer into teaching, I would yeah. say like, "Yeah, look, you're not supposed to like steamroll like that. Someone like him, he could steamroll. Right, right. She, her, she's allowed to steamroll. She's a steamroller. They're funny. <laughs> it's like get out of the way. <laughs> Let them be funny. Yeah, right. Like I get you can't do it because you can't really hold your weight. These guys, these gals, they got it. It's get out of their way. They have like a steamroller license. They you, have like, right. Uh, you gave certain license. people a Warren Beatty pass. Yeah. Rules right. don't apply. <laughs> Oh, the rules don't apply. Those WB. Man, Lily Collins. Uh, Lily Collins. That's her name, right? Yeah. Lily Collins from Rules Don't Apply. Yeah. She's got those brows. Got those She's brows. in Tolkien. She's got those brows. Yeah. They play ever like a little version of her, like a younger version. Uh -huh. This girl has like the craziest. When I, and you see her first. Yeah. And I was like, Lily Collins is playing the grown up of this, whoever it is. <laughs> they put like fake mustaches yeah. over her. She has grouchos <laughs> over her eye. It's so good. They're uh, like uh, six inches off her head, yes. like an animated yeah. cartoon. They're, they're, <laughs> they're Morgan Freeman and Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Yeah, dyed black. It's so good. 
<laughs> what oh a specific. My God. Well, they're the best eyebrows in cinema. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. I'm going to find him right now. Uh, I'd say Peter Gallagher in the OC is Yeah, up well, there. that's that's uh, in television. He's he's right, the, 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 the record holder. I mean, his eyebrows are always now, great. Now, talk about specifics. You love action movies. Love action movies. You love movies. crime movies. I love crime movies. Right. Um, I love Michael Mann movies because right. I, I, I consider myself... Like a th- the thinking man's meathead, you know what I mean? Where like I love, a- oh hell yeah! He literally looks like an owl from Winnie the Pooh. Yes. What am I a fucking owl? Who? who? Yeah. What am I a fucking owl? Um, no, this you love like, action. We movies. knew we were doing Michael Mann. I reached yeah. out to you. I was like, you're gonna be here anytime. You were like, yeah, you're like, are you gonna be in New York anytime in the next three months? We're right. doing Michael Mann, and I'm like, uh, yes, I'll be here. I have one day in between my nephew's christening and a friend's baby shower. Right. right. And you were like, we're available. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, AI was so like uh, uh, happy that the reason you were going to be in the city with a four-hour window was because you were in between like a christening, well, the most and a baby Long shower Island in ever. Long Island. And I saw right. Billy Joel on Friday night at the <laughs> Garden, shit. so I did the right. most Long Island weekend you can. Pre-gamed I was like, on the railroad. Gamers can only do Sunday afternoon. <laughs> like, is that convenient for him? And I was like, yeah, he's got like <laughs> christening on Saturday. <laughs> this is the most action-packed New York trip yeah, ever. Right. And I love getting to say to my wife and like the people I'm staying with, I'm like, right. well, I got to run Sunday morning to go to work for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's right, like right. scream about movies with friends. But there is that improv. Thing. I mean, I feel like you're one of those guys who's like king of the specifics. Yes. Like you're really good at these pulls. It's one of the reasons I love Gino Lombardo because you were like pulling just from your reference base from when you were 15. <laughs> so it's like an infinite well. It's a time travel for Right. Me, yeah. And you just go hyper specific into like where the parking lot is in relation <laughs> to the sub shop and like all the stops on like the LIRR. When you find course. out people don't hate that. You're yeah, like, oh, okay, fine. My favorite thing. <laughs> the, kills the me The IR, I think, kills me. <laughs> right. I love that so much. But you're also one of those guys where it's just like, uh, you. and I remember you saying this in class where it's like, you should learn a little bit about every subject. Yeah, to be good at improv, it's just- You got it. Yeah, right, because it's like, if someone brings up the Bible in a scene, you want to have two Bible specifics you can throw out. Yeah, or at least to recognize that what they're discussing is the Bible. Like, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You need to have like some base working knowledge. And so you're, you're a telling guy, me you just told everyone in the UCB to read the Bible? Is well, that what your class was? That's why I was fired. <laughs> <laughs> You were like, fellas, this is called the King James Bible. You're uh, handing him out. I taught a class to a dude who English was his second language. He sure. spoke Mandarin. Yeah. And I go, your English is actually very strong. Where'd you learn that? He goes, I looked up the, I'm not going to do an accent. I looked up the number one selling book in America in English and read it. And I'm like, what was that book? He's like, the Bible. And I was like, you learned English from the Bible? That seems insane. <laughs> it seems like the uh, the origin story of a very specific villain. <laughs> right, right. Where he's like, I only had this one book to work off and thus I am fully evil. Right. <laughs> After reading everything in this. Right. I want to take over the world. Your lessons for him were like, look, we usually try to yes and not a uh, shalt not. <laughs> Well, here are the 10 rules of improv. <laughs> yeah. oh you had to teach him a herald on stone tablets. It's the only way you would learn. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was watching this movie, uh, having known you for a while, being a big fan of your work. And I was like, Michael Mann movies and this movie in, in particular feel like a movie that you crib from a lot whenever you have to do an action or crime scene in any sort of comedy show. Hell yeah. Because the specifics in this thing are so good. The rhythms of how they talk, the energy of how they talk, it's one of those things that they like always teach you in improv where it's like, if you're doing a scene and you recognize that it sort of feels like a cop show, 
go like full steam into it. And right. I think Michael Mann does that so well where no one says like, there's never a moment where like, here's the plan. Right. you no. just like, it's just like, no. they're pros. They you all know the plan. what they're yeah. talking right. about. The 100%. Yeah, they don't even explain what they say when it's like, is it a prowler or is it uh, through the front door? Right. That's right. such a great phrasing of that. Yes. And it's so awesome. It's, I have this weird like ASMR type reaction. It's not like fully like that, but I get a sort of physical, like sort of tingle whenever movies go this hard into vocabulary that isn't explained That you don't to you. understand. Oh, that's my favorite. It's well, the fucking best. When you're like, someone researched the shit out of this, and the actors learned it until it sounded like it was nothing. I fucking love And it's lingo. all fucking thrown Dude, over the shoulder. I love jargon. I love yeah. lingo. I don't care if it's medical. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate tactical I lo- I the most. I love medical lingo, but yeah. yes, yes, tactical lingo is good. Tactical lingo is good. Saying tango down is like one of the well, best things you can say. <laughs> Um, but this, so much it's scum lingo. But like this, yes. where like when West Studi like shoots the bottom and top of the door yeah. to so kick cool. it in, where you're like, why have I never seen anyone do that before? Like well, that's so yeah. good. What yeah. I recognize this time is that he switches the shells. Yes. Yeah, he puts in the special blue shells, yes. which are scatter shots. That's why blue- he's pumping them, yeah, right? Yeah, because he puts and- it in the elevator, and I'm like, I don't remember. Why is he? Why are they sh- making such a show of putting the blue shells in? And I'm like, oh, that's the right. scatter door blower. Like, yeah. so you don't, if there's someone standing on the side, you don't, you don't blow their head kill off. Them. Yeah. Right. And like Henry, Henry Rollins keeps is in checking there the magazine, weightlifting. <laughs> Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins in sweatpants. What a great fucking character to just be in the middle of this movie. I would be so There's honored. So Tone Loke. There's Tone so Loke. many weird oh. people who show up for one oh, scene. Piven? Jeremy Piven. Piven. <laughs> Dr. Bob. Piven with the hair all the way back. All the like, way back. Chilling. All the way down the front of his chest. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. where he pulled from for, for Ari Gold. He had like he a like, reverse transplant. <laughs> You're right. He had the opposite where they took hair from the top of his head and transplanted onto the back. <laughs> yeah. Of his shoulders. 100%. The best place for Tom him. Tom Noonan in a wheelchair uh, talking about microchips or whatever. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, early internet. Very early, early internet. internet. Yes, it's, all, Tom, it's all on there. I love that. The it's print like, it's out, out there. It's lying <laughs> the printout on that like perforated. Like, oh, yeah. The dot matrix printer yeah, where oh. he's like, look at this number here. Look at. Oh. Like it is like the details in Michael Mann movies are erotic. Yes. Yes. Well, this and this is his first. No, because I guess there's Manhunter. But Manhunter is sort of its own thing. It has a lot of the cop stuff. Right. But this is his first like criminal movie since he. I mean, since, uh, since Thief. Thief. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. When Thief is loaded with all that shit, too. All these guys talking about, I don't know, yeah. drill bits and. Gonna pinch you. Yeah, pinches, all uh, that. But well, this- like you said, like you, uh, this is from IMDb trivia as well, but it, oh, yeah. Michael Mann saying, like, he took all the guys to meet criminals. I mean, and like you, you feel that they're soaked, oh, yeah. they're steeped in like right. how they hang out with each oh, other. Because yeah. this is one of those movies where it's like, these are not movie cops or movie criminals. Right. right. Like, he's establishing new stock types now. Right. You know? Yeah. Like and and we talk a lot about like he he refers to his own style as like stylized realism. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm trying to make everything really real but also cooler than real life. Right. It's got it's 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 reality but blue. Right. (laughs) Right. But like kind of a neon blue. There's a little jazz into it, but I'm also just not like embellishing or creating anything. He's like getting all the details right and then he's just throwing like a little stank on it. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, so much cool shit in this. Yeah. Like the detail, I the, one of my favorite details in the movie is the rear windshields blowing out on <sighs> when the shape charge goes off. Yep, that fucking detail is just watching the ripple of those things. I'm like, that's that must have been so much time and effort to set right. up that shot. And it's uh, one second in a three-hour movie, and it fucking lands hard. Ben asked us recently why movies cost so much. 
Mm. And we were explaining to him, and we we're like, well, you have to like essentially like set Year up- three of the podcast yeah. about how much movies cost. Almost five. Almost five. We've been talking about some of the biggest films ever made. I think we've covered probably half of the, the highest budgeted films ever. Sure. Uh, That's our thing. Yes. Um, but but uh, he was asking, and we were like, well, it's like you kind of have to like found an entire company. Right. Like you have to right. create this infrastructure and pay Hire all these people. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And like obviously like big people, that, like, you know, you pay them a crazy amount of money. Or if you have things like CGI or costumes or sets, those are sort of things like that. But you can see how somewhat – like some people can understand. Ben, perhaps. Why do Michael Mann movies cost this much? Like why did he cost like – uh, it cost 60. $60 million, million 25 years no, ago. No, 100%. Yeah, it cost, it cost a fair amount of money. It's right. an insane, and it's on the screen, but you don't see any visual effects. There's no sets. Right. There's no weird. Well, but no part sets. Of the answer is, Not one no, set. All locations. All locations. Is there one weird green screen shot? Where, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's yes. like a, where they're on the hills. Yeah. In the hills. Yeah. That that's, looks like a right. green screen because, shot. Or something. And that's, that's the like, only thing, possibly? I think so. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they were on that actual patio and then put a green screen up around. Because they wanted uh, that, the think, exact I, shimmery I look. Like is what what I think that is what it was. I think it's because they couldn't get the shot to yeah, look right. Right. Because right, right. he would not have done it otherwise. No, and that's like you it's see It's the only that shot, shot like that in yes. the movie, yeah. Uh, you watch that shot and you're like, I totally get why Michael Mann became so obsessed with digital video. Yeah. Because yeah. digital video allowed him to get that shot. Right, Like right. what he wants is like two actors. Crystal clarity. Right, yes. and like just the real light of like the city behind them mm-hmm. with no artificial lighting around them. So it really looks like night and you see the cars moving behind them. And it was impossible to get that in focus totally. without blowing it out. At the, right. at the right time. You, yeah. You know, yeah, right, because yeah, yeah. there's that shot at the beginning of Miami Vice when they're on the rooftop. <sighs> See, because my I was about to say, I, I if you like Miami lingo, Vice. Miami Vice, the only dialogue is lingo. They take yeah. everything else out. It's all in right. the garbage. Miami, right. Miami Vice is one of those movies where I'm like, how does this work? And yeah. why do I like it so much? That's a good call. That's a good call. Like it, when you like, on paper, right, on you're paper, like, it's oh, it's Jamie Foxx, Colin Farrell right. doing Miami Vice, a kitschy 80s TV show. And well, then all of a sudden you yeah. watch it and you're like. Oh, if you just called this movie like we're we're cops versus drug dealers, right, or whatever, you'd right. be like, it's a fucking great movie. Pro, pros right. versus pros. Yeah, right. But it's also like this thing we've talked about where it's like he gets hundred million dollar budgets, yep. or what at the time big, big, would adjust to hundred million dollar yeah. budget and big stars because he's always like, look, I got two or three massive stars, and it's just a simple cops and robbers story. Right. Like he sells them on these like little kid playground terms. Where it's like, here's my Cowboys and Indians movie. Here's my right. Cop and Robber. <laughs> the you know? pitch of Heat is the simplest, most effective. You know, it's like De Niro and Pacino. Cat and Mouse. Cop. Robber. Yeah. Like, you've never seen them together. Here they are. And That's like, it. And you're like, cool. It's like a taut 85. Yeah, cool, cool. So after the big bank robbery, it's over? Right. No, there's one more hour. Right. Yeah. Natalie Portman's going to try and kill herself. Right. She is? Who's yeah. she? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> David, you saying that. I've seen this movie. 40 times, uh-huh. possibly. Right. Yeah. I watched it again last night to be as yeah. fresh as possible. And still moments, I'm like, oh, right. Natalie Portman. Right. I totally <laughs> forgot yeah. about that. I've right. seen this movie so many times. And I was like, <laughs> we're wrapped up, right? And then I'm like, no, no. We're right. like, there's right. that I, And then I forget. And I forgot also the other thing that was a surprise. Or I can't believe I forgot. Because there is 70 storylines up in the air in yeah. this movie. It's a TV show. It's right. a remake of a TV pilot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a TV pilot. Crazy. And so much of it is like, oh, right. That would have been a whole thing. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. the whole right. Wayne Grow is also a Wayne serial Grow. killer thing. Right. That yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that I also forgot out of the movie when they cut sure. back. He's like, the Grim Reaper's here, and you know. And I was like, oh, I was like, are right. we in a David Lynch movie? All right, of a yeah. right. Is this Bob yeah. from fucking Twin Peaks? <laughs> uh, sorry, 
Carrie, what were you going to say, Griffin? No, it's it's such a crazy like uh, he. This is a real sort of uh, relationship between a uh, a cop and a thief from the seventies. Yes, that he did insane, extensive research in, in, into in Chicago, right? In big Chicago. Then he wrote it as a film script that was this long. Right. He said at the time of Thief. In 1979, he has like a 180 page. Right. He has this movie. He's like, this is the big one. And uh, he was like, I'd never even attempt to direct it. No, I he, wouldn't even know how to pull something of this size right. off. I want to produce it. I'm very proud of the script. I think it's the best thing I've ever written. I couldn't even touch it. Right. And then at several years later. Well, he, he asked Walter Hill to make it. Yes, Walter, Walter Hill, Hill turns no. it down. Someone yeah. else turns it down. I, I think, think you're right. But Walter Hill is the one I think of. Who Walter Hill is the obvious guy in right. 1979. Yeah. Right. He's your hard-boiled crime master. Right. And everyone's yeah. like, this is too much. <laughs> well, sure. That's the other thing, probably. Right. Walter Hill's like, this thing's way too long. <laughs> like, right. I don't want to fuck with it. Like, right. Because uh, everyone like respected that it was good. Then sure. like post like Miami Vice, like crime story, when he's like now become like a big power guy in TV. Yes. Uh, sells it as a pilot, shoots an. He directs the hour and a half pilot himself, which uh, I didn't realize he had never directed an episode of Miami Vice, no. which no. is kind of nuts because no. oh, yeah. he was such a hands on executive producer. And I was like, I spent too long in the Miami Vice Wikipedia last night. Oh, yeah. But they were like, he was like the guy who set out the whole color palette and all these rules. Right. Because I was going like, to say, he's so visually oriented yeah, based yes. on all of his movies and yeah. like, and even the shows. He, that he wasn't directing, that it's crazy that he didn't go like, well, let me direct a and couple. And he had yeah. directed For some reason, like, he is considered the auteur of right. Miami Vice. But he by was the like, studio, by yeah. like, you know, even though he never- right. He set up the whole sort of visual language, what the soundtrack was going to be like, what the plot lines were like. Like he wasn't the showrunner, but it sounds like he ostensibly functioned as one. Yeah. He was Made the a boss. lot of the creative right. decisions. He yeah. was sort right. of the ultimate guy at the top of the heap. Right. So he's like, maybe I can make this work as that. They shoot it as a 90 minute pilot. Yes. They don't like the lead actor. They don't like Scott Plank. Yeah. Oh, I don't even recognize no, that No, of name. course you no. don't. Okay. Have okay. you <laughs> seen L.A. Takedown? No, okay, I have so not. I watched it right. in preparation Ooh. for this. Yeah. It's bad. That's what I've heard. Uh, you it's can, a network pilot, right? Yeah, but yeah. no, but it's insane. And you can watch, I advise everyone, go on YouTube, you can mm -hmm. watch the coffee shop scene. It's, okay. it's, it's just on YouTube. Yeah. It's the exact same scene. Mm -hmm. It has the same dialogue. Yeah. And it's two actors you've never heard of, and they're terrible. Yeah, and like it's like it's like the ultimate testament to movie stardom. It's just right. so fun, like great directing. And right, right. It's, money, it's just funny know. to say, like, uh, yeah, these two no-name actors didn't do as good of a job as De Niro and meeting for the first at time the, on screen at the yeah. peak of both of their careers. Oh, Scott <laughs> Plank and Alex MacArthur. Right, and it's literally, but like, it's the same dialogue. Yeah, like there's basically no embellishment. And then did Xander Berkeley play Wayne Grow? Xander Berkeley is Wayne Grow. Right. Which which is why Xander Berkeley is right, in he's this the only movie. It's, a, the, it's a little like hat tip. He's the cheater, right? He's yes, the guy who are, the like, he's not a cheater. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. He's Ralph. But Ralph. NBC and, went to man and they were like, we'll pick it up if you recast Scott Plank. And he was like, no go. <laughs> which is insane. But they, they were, were like, going to pick it up. Like, we don't know, but you're Michael Mann. We'll do it. But yeah. Scott Plank, really? Like, Make how, him walk yeah. the plank. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So and then he sits on it for a while. I'm loyal to Scott Plank. Fuck you. But it's crazy. What year is L.A. Takedown shot? I believe, I believe it's 89. Let me check. And, 89. Right. And then this movie's 95. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a huge gap, first of all, between uh, Manhunter and Mohicans. In, in which he's making L.A. Takedown. Right. 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 And, and making his other TV sure. shows, doing Crime Story right. and Miami right. Vice and all of that. But, you know, that's right. And then after L.A. Takedown, he moves over to Mohicans. Right. He, Mohicans he, is his biggest hit of his career. Right. Still, if you adjust for inflation. <sighs> So great, now he's great fucking movie. Amazing right. movie. But you also go like, here's Daniel Day Lewis, who's like so temperamental, sure. you know, but he got it out of him. Like these, these tough guys respect man. 
He can wrestle a performance out of these guys who are reticent to sign on to movies. Yeah, and he'd also walked into a studio and said, like, this James Fenimore Cooper novel, it's time. Like, right. you know, like, yeah. like, we can, we can, like, and right. it like, was not really the moment where that was a sure sale. Right. Like, you know, like, we should do an 18th century, you know, period action movie. Yeah. And he got Also, it, like, yeah. even in, like, we should side with the Native Americans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, like, yeah. the idea of 100%. that premise of just, like, uh, we should be on their side yeah. for a movie. Right. <laughs> but I think a lot of that is, the key to him is, he almost always uses, I mean, I think uh, uh, Hemsworth is the sort of exception to this, because Hemsworth, by all accounts, is, uh, very affable yeah, and sort right, of just right. a good guy but he always works with these movie stars who are kind of notoriously difficult a lot of ego to wrangle in one way or another and like can steamroll a director yeah you know? I think it's and, and he's I, like one guy who can fight back yeah. with them I'm yeah. gonna speak out of turn not being fully informed on Michael Mann but sure. he seems like he's sort of like enjoys the macho-ness of it where he's like He's like, look, they're fucking guys. Yeah. You know, like, let's get them in the room and, I'll and we'll get it done. Billion percent. David yes. has locked yes. into this notion that he's sort of like an NCAA basketball coach. Right. Yeah. That it's that sort of antagonistic, like, fuck you, you can't dribble. Right. Yeah, exactly. And also it's like, this is my system. You're going to do my yeah. system. Yeah. yeah, I believe. I say, hey, look. I don't care what you did in high school. You put up 100 baskets in one night. Nah, you're yeah. playing my system. All <laughs> yeah, right? right. You're defense only. Right. Like, what? <laughs> and some guys like that, I think. I think yeah. some stars also just like being sort of, you know, obviously he commands much respect. He's I, a I think it's well also a respected director. But yes. Macho appreciates Macho always. You know sure. what I mean? Like, right. you know, alpha He's, to alpha, right. they're like, all right, well, then we're making a fucking heat, bro. But I think there is a lot of those, uh, especially male movie stars who yeah. have uh, difficult egos. Yeah. People tend to think, like, cool, you have to pussyfoot around. Them. And in fact, the only times they have good relationships with directors are people who are sort of as antagonistic yeah. as they are. Yeah. Because they want that weird, it's like that weird sort of sports thing. This movie's of like, full I of want legendary psycho. Angry. Yeah. 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 Like John Voight <laughs> making his first movie in five years. Yeah, because he was like, uh, man was like, I want you to do it. And John Voight said, no. Right. This is John Voight's first wide release film since Runaway Train. Yeah, crazy. Ten years earlier. And his yeah. first film, period, in five, in five years. years. Yeah. 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 Uh, and this like relaunches his career. Yeah, but all these guys like I I heard a very similar thing about like uh, uh, I I worked on I'll, I'll just say this I worked on the motion picture draft day you did that's right absolutely this comes up every once in a while yeah uh, <laughs> uh, touchdown <laughs> I Ivan Reitman kind of surprisingly one of these guys uh, that makes like sense a, kind that, of a like fuck you like I'm the boss here kind of guy and, and sort of will neg you and is pretty aggro yeah. uh, I like alpha comedy guys is like an interesting world right. he's and, been around the block and I, I was like I'm very surprised by his energy I think he's a very good director well, also he's Canadian so you always assume Canadians are polite but the thing that they said was like, well, how did he make his career? He made his career by him being the guy that Murray wanted to work with. And it was like, that's the one guy Murray responds to. Sure. That's the one director. Right. Murray, right. who is like the De Niro of comedy. Right. 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 When right. Murray was in his <laughs> right. studio comedy days, Reitman was the only guy because like Ramis even, like his best friend, led to a falling out after yeah. <laughs> both of them made their best film ever. It, it, but Reitman yes. was like the one director who apparently with Murray was like, fuck you, you can't act. I think, right. I and, think, and Murray would like kill it. I think man's other thing too, you know, so many of these movies is like, say I'm Sizemore and I'm like, do I have to? And it's, you know, or like, ah, yeah. this is bullshit. And he's like, yeah, well, I have the real career criminal right here. Hey, come here, Tony. You know, yeah, and he, yeah. he right. brings this guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, I cracked 50 safes. Yeah, that's right. how we do it. 
You know, he <laughs> may, he puts you through the spin cycle of like these these tough guys. I saw Aronofsky speak right after the Oscars uh, of the wrestler year mm. where he's like, the campaign's over. I can tell you everything. Mickey's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. And he just yes. told a bunch of stories where he was like, he's like a six year old. Right. He's like a petty child. And the only way you get a response out of him is to be like the mean softball coach. And I just did that with him all the time. Like I'd pull him aside and I'd just be like, Mickey, your career's fucking over. No one wanted me to hire you. I'm losing money because you're working on this. If you fuck this up, you're never going to work again. Right. And he'd I mean, be like, I'm done. I, I did one take. I'm done. I'm tired. And he'd be like, Mickey, this is why they threw you out. They're going to throw you out again. <laughs> and he was like, it was it was just that. And Michael Mann has that sort of thing with like with these guys, which always gives him a sort of blank check up until a point yeah. when these types of films become fully unviable right. where it's just like which is now right right, yeah. right. but but it's like if you can get Pacino and De Niro in the movie here's your 60 and he gives it straight to De Niro and De Niro's like cool I'll call Al yeah. and he was like Al you should do this and Pacino was like yeah cool I'll do this De Niro basically loved the diner scene he right. like read the script and he was like this scene is magnificent and I want out you can like, sell a yeah. pitch on at that time you can sell a pitch on like and the criminal and the cop meet yes yeah, and totally. it's not contentious right no, exactly. and it's respect I it's mean, the middle of the movie you wanna get a cup of coffee right sure, it would, sure. It, it'll be it. a it'll be a trope forever that Cops and criminals are actually really mm. similar. Right. You know, like that. You're not so different. It's right. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I think he does it the best first. But who is this now? There isn't this now. No, I couldn't walk into a thing and I'm getting I'm getting you Leo and like X movie star. They're gonna you know like there isn't a Pacino De Niro now, right? right? In order there? to get Pacino and De Niro in a movie together, they both have to have three separate trilogies that have made billions of dollars right. and in the extended universe. And then we combine these two characters. Right. I mean, I, yeah, the argument is the closest to this is like the the fucking Irishman, which I know your sure. argument is he had to go to Netflix to make it, but he's well, also but that's making just it Pacino the crazy. and De Niro again. I know. I'm saying like, what's the pitch of movie stars now who would get you? the budget just based on like it's these two huge stars and they're gonna I think, I think face off I think you're talking about The Rock and Kevin Hart to be honest like, unfortunately <laughs> yeah. right unfortunately yeah. I think that's the two people like that you're like they're Probably. gonna be in a movie together no if you're talking about yeah like cause I'm like even trying to think of like there's something oh, about Brad Pitt and Leo Dio being both in once upon a time. Enough. Enough. Yeah, that's yeah. close I was enough. Say, but I see that trailer and it doesn't feel like finally it no. feels like oh it's cool there it's was the cool. point in time where they were saying it was gonna have uh, uh, Pitt, DiCaprio, and, and Cruz. Cruz yeah. And I was like, if you got all three of them in that the movie, that would have blown my. I yes. think if you have Cruz and maybe like, yeah, Pitt or De uh, Downey Jr., something like maybe, right. maybe that would be enough. And the other one I was going to throw out is I feel like if you could get uh, uh, Hackman and Nicholson out of retirement, oh, the yeah. guys we've all counted out. Yeah, and that's, got, like, the, that's the movie. Right, yeah. If you sure. got Hackleson, 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 Hackleson. That's what it's called. But this is the thing. You're reaching into the prior generation. It, it, right, that's you the know, thing. Like, that's the thing. I don't uh, you're reaching into the 70s. Because yeah. also, as you said, like so much of our uh, our culture now is about those mashups. It's like right. brand conscious. And, it's, and also like this movie has a split title card. The greatest split yeah. stars of all time. Like, you know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro come up at the same time. Yeah. Heat. Like, that's that's how it's the only way you could do this. But, but I think the whole thing is, like, it used to be, like, if you were a movie star, you made movie star movies. Right. Like, you were the one selling something. And occasionally right. you team up with someone else, but it would likely be, like, Scarecrow at the beginning of your career. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure, sure, and, sure. Or and, it's, like, towering in or front what, of Or right, the other yeah. person's doing a small part as, like, a favor or nod to their friendship or whatever it is. Yeah, you and, know? and now Carrie Bradshaw and the dude get Stella Artois together. Right. It's so much about these things crossing God, over. I think that's maybe the worst thing that's ever happened in culture. That was, that was not so good. And you also need like six movie stars in order to sell a movie. 
you right. know, yeah. where it's yeah. like the yeah. lone yeah. guy surrounded by a bunch of great character actors. Well, right. That's the other thing now, too, right? It's like we got Morgan Freeman to play a guy at the desk, like, you know, right. like yeah. the, the Marvel approach where they just like flood in any star you can find. That's like Batman Begins where you're like, Freeman's on the bench? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's exactly. the tech guy? Right. Right. He's not Alfred? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just make him Alfred. Michael Caine is Alfred? No, he kind of has like a second Alfred who only handles <laughs> right. tech. And you're right, like, and that's right. Freeman? So Alfred 1 is sort of breakfast and chats. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Alfred right. 2 is all cars and stuff. Like, right. yeah. You're like, Lawrence Olivier is balancing his books? It's kind of how you have like an iPhone charger in every part of your house. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is my Alfred for upstairs. <laughs> Just why not? Yeah, the, the couch versus the chair. Yeah. A, a lot of those like 90s uh, thrillers and my, my favorite genre, like the Grisham movies, yeah. they did that too, where like, it's down to like Luis Guzman is the U5. You know right. what I mean? Where it's like Hoffman, Hackman, Cusack, Vice. Like, yeah. I, uh, what, what's that one called? Runaway Jury. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like the jury, the 12 actors who right. are barely in the movie, you recognize all of them. Right. Well, that, and that's what this movie is too. Yeah. You're like right. when Azaria shows up or whatever. Like everyone yeah. in this movie is someone. I, when Bubba is a cop, like Hell it's yeah. just so Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, heat. Okay, so Heat. Okay. So he makes LA Takedown. That doesn't go well. Yeah. He makes less than Mohicans. He gets De Niro on board. He gets to make Heat, which is insane. He hires uh, Janice Polly to location scout LA. He's like, find me places in LA that have never been in a movie. They're like, there are four locations in the entire film that have been photographed before. Right, exactly. Up and, until this point. And he says in all these interviews where he's like, LA is underutilized as a location. Like, yes. Because if you're in LA, you're, you go to a soundstage, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like people don't use the city enough, which I think is maybe less true now because they're all copying Heat. Right. Well, the but, other thing was well, now, I mean, the L.A. tax incentives are so bad compared to everywhere right, that else. People are like, sure, let's go. That shoot people in kind of yeah. only film in L.A. if they want it to be L.A. Whereas at that time, it would be like, well, even if it's taking place in another city, we're going to yeah. shoot L.A. for Washington like Predator D.C. Two is L.A., but uh, right. it's shot in L.A., but they call it New York. Exactly. It's like, right. Totally. Palm tree and three different of scenes. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he hires Andy McNabb, who in Britain is like the most famous fucking. He writes all mm. these books called like Soldier of Fortune or like yeah. you know First Stop Glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I grew up in Britain. Uh, oh, that comes what? up every once in a while as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, you, you know. See, he remembers. He remembers. I do um, want to point out, you because you said this off mic, you're like, I like the show. I listen to it. I'm not a completist because I don't listen to episodes of movies I haven't seen. I probably watch more than Nancy Myers than any other movies. I know, which oh, yeah. is crazy. Because I also have seen most of the movies you do, but I want to get it fresh, the rewatch. Right, you right. know what I mean? Or if I know I'm going to do a movie on sure. Action Boys, I'm like, I don't want to hear their take on it But yet. I was like, yeah, those yeah, are yeah, like that the too. two right. pillars of your personality or Michael Mann and Nancy Myers. It's kind of true, though. Yeah. I am like a, a someone called someone called me soft butch. A lesbian called me soft butch, and it fit very well. Yes, I was like, oh yeah, I'm kind of like a male soft butch. Yes. Yeah, the thinking man's meathead. That's what <laughs> I'm like. Joe Rogan with uh, feminism. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, woke Rogan. I'm woke Rogan. Rogan. Yeah, maybe oh you should like make a compound and do your woke. High Rogan. and mighty is woke Rogan. Yeah. It's just people I want to talk to about the shit I want to talk about. Except instead of like sensory deprivation tanks. It's Fast and the Furious. We <laughs> right, <do>. right. <laughs> Is that what Joe Rogan talks about? Oh, he's all like biohacking and shit. Yeah, oh, Is that yeah. what they're yeah. up to now? He's like, he's pulling from Tim Ferriss and yeah. then also pulling from like, these guys are critically thinking outside the box. Arguably racist thinking. Right, exactly. Yes. Right, right. This guy comes on. He's like, I'm saying something that no one will say. And it's like, well, it turns out there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah. Joe Rogan is not in this movie. Uh, he's, the one, he's the one guy who isn't. News Radio, exactly. News Radio yeah. is on at the time. He could have yeah, slipped in there. He, he could have been like a bank teller. You know who Rogan replaced on News Radio, right? Uh, I do, and you're going to That dude's only me. in the pilot. 
Ray Romano. Ray Romano, right. That's Ray Romano? Yeah. I think I think he actually wasn't even in the pilot. No, I he's think, not in the pilot. Right, I just I think, watched it for- Right. Uh, I think he yeah. played the part. Yeah, they he fired was going to play the- They the got the someone else for the man. pilot and then replaced him a third time with Rogan. <laughs> That's crazy. But Romano made Which it is to, nuts like, because, like, Rogan read. isn't that funny in news. He's fine. Like, yeah. Rogan's probably the least interesting person He's the one guy in the cast where you're like, this guy doesn't have a comedy background, right? Yeah, he's the only one with one. Right. That's what's crazy. He's, like, the only stand-up in the cast. You're like, so this guy, he came from, like, what? He's I, like Tony Danza. They pulled him exactly. from like a boxing gym. Yeah, I just watched the pilot. Yeah. And the redhead Lily, I forget her name. I'm just, it's uh, 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 why am I forgetting her name now too? Uh, Jesus Christ, she, guys. She, Vicky, uh, Lewis. Vicky Lewis. Vicky Lewis. She yes, kills it the most. Yes. She's, she's so the funny. funniest. And I'm yeah. like, this show's not even that funny. The pilot, yeah. like, it's like work. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Heat. Heat. Andy McDowell. Oh, yeah, right. He teaches them all how to use automatic weapons. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer's reload. During the bank robbery, mm-hmm. is still shown to people as the perfect way to reload really? a carbine rifle, which he talks about all the time and is so proud. It's of. one of his proud things. Yes, uh, Schwarzenegger also got uh, when he when he did T two, he got uh, Soldier of Fortune magazine. Uh, they labeled him as like Hollywood's best gun uh, oh, user yeah. or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, what a weird <laughs> corner of the world to have. Uh, Val Kilmer's casting in this is so weird. They, well, Keanu Reeves was going to play this role, which kind of makes more sense. Makes so much sense. He'd be great in it, and I he's think. sort of on the rise at this point where it's like Point Break has already come out right it's like he's he's a leading man but it like makes sense that he would play third to two luminaries right whereas Val is kind of like a little too big to be playing this part but the other element is that he's already established a reputation as being too difficult to work with he I mean Tombstone is 93 which is like the moment where everyone's like yeah for real (laughs) whatever you want to do I mean obviously he has like Top Gun in the doors he's been around for so long he's been around but now he's getting a little haggard but then of course in the summer this year he had Batman Forever. Right. Uh, which I'm sure he filmed this before Batman Forever came out. Right. Uh, probably. But he is still yeah. going to be Batman. Right. Like, so yeah, it's a little wild to put him in. I mean, he gets, he's on the poster. He, he is. He's the third, he much that, lower. Yeah, the lower. But right, he, yeah. he is playing a role that you're pumped to see him play too, where it's like Val Kilmer being quiet oh, is yeah. so. He. You you realize he's how so intense of a person he is right. when he's not speak because he doesn't he does so little in this movie so and then when you see him like when he's doing the, even on the small thing when he's drilling and he's like let's yeah. go it's off he's like I'm almost in just the look on his face he's been like alone the character's been right. like alone drilling yes. for like eight minutes and Val Kilmer brings so much weird background intensity to everything they also for me him- the sun rises and sets with her man is like all you need him to do but yes. that's worth like one million dollars right. right he's also he's so scuzzy looking in this movie and yes. I love that on the poster they find a way to take the one screenshot where from an angle he looks he hot kind of looks conventionally Val Kilmer yeah. hot. I mean, Joanna was like, what's going on with him? Yeah. And I'm like, this is the same year as Batman, in which right. he's very like angular and yeah. handsome. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he's chiseled in Batman, and this he's like puffy, like pills and alcohol. 100%. And he's yeah. got the bags under his eyes. They give him the weird scar. He's kind of constantly doing this lip furl. Yes. Yeah. Like the he, ponytail is like ratty and not sexy, really and ratty. it's so cool. Yeah. Which I, I love all of this because like, why is Wayne growing the crew, right? He's a disaster, right? right? Yeah. But like Val Kilmer's the guy where you're like, yes, if he walked into a casino, someone would immediately alert security, like keep an eye on that guy. Yeah. Right. But he's a pro. He He's fine. You yeah. know, like De Niro trusts pressure. him implicitly. Well, he, we, yes. I think you the, the role Val Kilmer plays in the crew is he's the killer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like right, he's right. capable of right. like he's the best shot. He's clearly 100%. yeah, and like he's a good point, man. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's such a great. He's Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception. <laughs> Only I know the exact weight of this loaded die. 
Um, right? I mean, like, Christopher Nolan has spent his entire career remaking this movie over and over again. And, I mean, like, that's that is the that's why I like, That's right. why I like Nolan movies. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he cracked the code. Well, yeah, watching this... Well, no, what are you say? The guy, how do you say the guy's name who directed Drive? Nicholas Wending. Uh, Winding uh, Winding yeah, yeah. yeah, he also is sort of doing 100%. like the music right. video version of Michael Mann stuff. And I 100%. eat it up because it's even a pale reflection of man is delicious. Th- there are points in this movie where it feels like watching it, you're like, oh, Dark Knight is a literal remake of this. This is like <laughs> yeah. Magnificent Seven to Seven Samurai, <laughs> right, where it's right. like, what if we transpose this into a different genre? Yes, 100%. Yes. But there's so many sequences in it where it's just like, you know, the other guy who's obsessed with this movie. Mm-hmm. And he says he references it in every one of his films and that there's specific lines and shots that he takes from this film and uses in all of his films. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson's like I always pull from heat because Wes Anderson has that thing where he's like I like people who are taking whatever they're doing very seriously his movies almost always have some weird heist element Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And there's almost always some break there's always in, break out. to go down. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. There's like a crew. A big music change. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like a weird. Uh, right. But he's kind of doing twee heat. Is right. like, he, tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like Sizemore showing up in a West Anderson. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Sizemore and Angelica yeah. Houston in a scene together. If he like, if Sizemore was in a West Anderson movie and he like shoved someone, they would like fly against the wall because everyone in West right. Anderson movies is like so light and weightless. Right. He'd have like a Poirot mustache. <laughs> oh boy but he's, I saw him do a talk once and he sure, was he like they were like what are your big influences and they were like obviously and they like named the things like, that they obviously guessed. Hal Ashby and he's right. like also he yeah, he's like I mostly pull from heat and no one ever calls me out on it and I'm like direct lifting shit from heat <sighs> I was having coffee with Max Fisher half an hour ago <laughs> What is their he office? He told me it was right in the play. Where's that 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 concrete grill in their office? Oh. What is that thing? It's yeah. so cool. Outside the parking lot? Yes. That thing looks yeah. so dope. And I, this is the first time I noticed it in the movie. I, I was like, holy shit, that's and such a cool shot. That like abandoned, the abandoned um, drive-in theater that they do the meet in, mm-hmm. uh, that thing is so cool. Some of these Gorgeous. locations are incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're incredible. And it is like, it's one of those things where, where you go like... Uh, do you not understand that movies are more interesting if you just put the little extra effort into doing things that other movies haven't done? Right. You know? Right. Like, when I get so tired when, like, obviously this is a movie about crime. Uh, crime. It makes sense. It's in the plot. But when I see movies that aren't about the characters' professions where the characters have the same four professions, and I'm like, if you just pick a job that has never been in a movie before and you devote one scene to the intricacies of their job, your movie becomes 10% more interesting. Right, it just, it stands out. Right, yeah. and like simultaneously, like the fact that this movie, Pacino's crew is like West Study and yep. Michael T. Amazing. Williamson yep. and like all these movies where it's like you have the six. Is that how you say his name? I think it is Michael T. Isn't Michael right? T. Williamson. Yeah. But Michael T. is one word. Yes. Right. Yeah, yes. okay, which, that's what confused me. That, right. Yeah, that confused me. So I was like, I guess I don't know how to say his yeah, name. It's then. not yeah. like uh, Mikkel T. It's right, Michael yeah. T. Right. It's okay. Michael T. But like all those guys, it's like, you're like, oh, this is like the practical argument Aside from, like, the fact that, like, representation matters and the industry has a horrible history of, like, stereotyping actors into roles and this and that, you're like, the film becomes a lot more interesting if the five guys on the cop team don't look the same. Right. Because right. so many movies like this, it's, like, four 40-something character yeah, it's actors. Just, it's just agents from The Matrix. Right. Yeah, right. You know, it's uh, just, like— And they're, like, anonymous. And in yeah. this, you're like, 
all these guys have like very different looks, very different styles, very different mm-hmm. speaking patterns. That's they stand Los Angeles, out. though. Right. Also, that's what of makes course. it even cooler. And LA, and that's I think also a little nod to that's how similar criminals and cops are. Yes, is that well, right? You have two paths. They're mm-hmm. both blue collar jobs where right. your life right. is on the line that consume your yeah, entire and life. And it's right. like whether right. you're Latino, Black, Native American, possibly is yes. one of the cops. Western, Native yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like. We all we we this is the job we chose and it makes it so fucking right. no women on either team. No, no, <laughs> no. Miami Vice Miami movie. Vice changes that. The, uh, yeah. Miami Vice half the team is ladies. Oh yeah. right, right, right. Um, because you got Naomi Harris, you got right. the uh. Well, we're gonna get to Miami. Yeah, we'll talk about Miami. Vice. Can't yeah. wait to listen. Yeah, hell oh. yeah. Uh, no, it's just, it's just like it it makes everything more interesting in the same way that like this movie's obsession with a lot of the little procedural yeah. things or the details or the equipment. Also bumping it down to just the most basic shit ever. Yeah. If you're watching a movie for the first time, having your characters look different really helps you keep track Huge. of them. <laughs> Huge. It's like, like massive. Totally. Just to jump back to news radio for a second, watching the pilot. Of course, of course, of course. Cast Eight lead cast members. Yep. You don't get to a person of color ever. <laughs> well, there's Candy Alexander. But That's she's it. not in the pilot either. Right. Yeah, she's she's edited, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which right. is like, you're watching, you're like, well, okay. My, even fa- that- my favorite thing, and I just did this again, and I do it all the time. Just look it up. Melrose Place, opening mm-hmm. title, Supercut, in which someone has taken every actor who was ever in Melrose Place's mm-hmm. opening titles, cut them all in together, right? Yeah. There's one black person. Jesus. It's like 45 white yeah. people yeah. and one black person. <laughs> and like, if they did that now, it would, it just wouldn't happen. Even, right. even like lazy prejudice stu- studios would be like, Oh, wait a second. Uh, the ratio is off on this <laughs> yeah. one. Like, what's going on? It's not going to be 45 to one. 25 it, it, to one is what we discussed. Exactly. <laughs> right. And it's truly mind boggling. Oh, but it's one of those out. things where it's to. just like, aside from the fact that it's like a good thing to do morally, it does make your movie easier to follow, yeah. especially in a film like this where no one's like, uh, you know me, my backstory. Exactly. <laughs> no one ever shows up and is like, right, uh, I hate criminals because uh, my, right. my mom was. Yeah, no, no. And they're just professionals. Like, the other they're white guy sleeves. on the team is Ted Levine, the man with the world's widest mustache. Yeah, the world's widest mustache. Voice. With the greatest voice. You're not going to mix up anyone on this team. Who is supposed to play, I think. The Sizemore role? He was supposed okay. to play one of the criminals. Yeah. Maybe Wayne Grove. No, he was supposed to play Wayne, Wayne Grove. Yeah, but was, he, yeah. Which he, is he obvious. He had been playing criminals. And he was like, I can't. Right. I yeah. can't play Let another play nice. psycho. And then yeah. he becomes like a movie and TV cop. Like this sort 100%. of creates a new path for him. I love so him. So cool. Yeah. He's, so, he's great in this. He's so great. He has it's the perfect look. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad that he dies. The movie does a very good job of uh, making you support uh like, which is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. You're like on both of their sides yeah, of for course. almost the whole yeah. movie. This is the magic of this movie. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I don't even know who I want to win. And then at the end, when he, uh, when they, when they give, when they dap up, you're yeah. like, oh, I wanted De Niro to win. That's when like he couldn't win, but it feels yeah. so like Justin poetic. You're like, right, this was the only way he could go. Right, right. but he at least he got Wayne Grow and Fick. Oh, Fickner. <laughs> oh, Fickner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fickner. Um, all right, so the first thing is the, the 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 armored car robbery. Right. Which rules. Yeah. Well, the first thing is a shot of trains, at which point I'm like, my Oscars are like already being handed to Michael Mann. I love- so that's what he means when he says uh, uh, that part of this movie's never been filmed before in Los Angeles. like, showing a train in oh, Los yeah. Angeles is a insane. train yard? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and he's still yet to make the definitive L.A. subway system movie, which is Collateral. He, yes, exactly. Oh, Collateral's what? the one movie that's like, the L.A. subway system is important. It's like the last <laughs> third of the movie. Yeah. 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 Right. right. And Holy like, they shit. talk about the subway. <laughs> yes. And like I literally have watched Collateral one billion times with so many people, and multiple people have been like, "LA has a subway." Like when they watch <laughs> Tr- it, I'm truly, like, this that is was it. my first. 
Because I would go to LA after that movie came out, and I was like, where are the subway stops? And they were like, I don't think we have a subway. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm I've seen Collateral. <laughs> Michael Mann doesn't make shit up. Well, Michael Mann, like, you wouldn't put it past him to build a subway <laughs> <No>. system. <laughs> In the last six years since moving to LA, rewatching yeah. a lot of movies that feature LA, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's it really gives me, like, rewatching Heat, having now lived in LA, yeah. really also... I never lived in the LA of heat. Like, yeah, you know no, what I mean? Which right. is so wild. Right. But then also like all the other things when you watch these movies, you're like, oh, Beverly Hills cop. I right. see. Oh, I know what validate parking means now, which <laughs> I, I never knew what for that 10 meant. years. Yeah. 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 I just knew that it was a joke you said in it, a right. thing. At right. the Tommy end boy. of a thing, yeah. you go like, can you validate? You know, yeah. like, and I right. never knew what that meant. <laughs> Me neither. Right. Oh my God. And they cut away and you're like, what? They tell him his parking was good. What do they mean? <laughs> validate parking. Mm-hmm. Let me um, take a look at this. Uh, yeah. I remember a thing I was going to say earlier. Ben asking about why movies cost so much money. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thing with Michael Mann movies, aside from the fact that they are long, that he takes a long time to shoot, yes. that he moves slowly, yeah. that he this develops This one took almost six months to shoot. A very long time, that he mostly films at night, yes. which is even harder to do, on real locations. Right. Which sometimes uh, makes it only on the weekends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you saying like stuff about like when the windshield goes out, the wipers or stuff like that, you just get the sense that Michael Mann, and we've heard stories to this effect, is like, Cool. So there's one shot in which someone shoots a shotgun towards a car. Let's do 17 tests. Like you just imagine they're spending months in pre-production doing like ballistics tests. 100%. Because he wants to know exactly what the physics of the thing working are. Uh, they built an entire uh, staging area for the big the big robbery mm-hmm. shootout, right? Uh-huh. Or on Fifth Street. They knew they couldn't rehearse on Fifth Street. Right. So they replicated it out in the wilderness yeah. somewhere so that everyone could learn all their marks for all the cover yeah. that they have to do, all right, that They were shit. treating it like a musical where yes. people had yes. to like learn it's their choreography. choreography. 100%. Right. So funny. Because right. every take, they would fire a thousand rounds for that yeah. thing, basically. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's that's yeah. unreal. Yes. That makes me so excited. I am so anti gun, except for movies. Of course. Me too. So it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Right. And, but he put microphones yeah. all over LA so he could capture the, microf- uh, the, the, the bullet round rather than put them in after which yeah. is why the bullet rounds in this sound insane yeah. well isn't he like that's kind of what he's famous for is like not having music underneath gunfire either and, like, right right like in Public Enemies, like sure, the music 100%. cuts out whenever there's a gunfire because right. then you just hear the pop pop, and it makes it stressful. And it's you, very right. rattling. And I was listening, uh, watching yes. on my iPhone with noise cancelers last night, which yep. is the best way to watch a Michael Mann movie. Michael oh, Mann yeah. just yeah. cheered to hear <laughs> yeah. you say that. Yes. Mike, it was my 50th viewing. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I, I watched this movie on my Nintendo 3DS with earbuds <laughs> from the airplane, the free Delta earbuds. <laughs> yeah, they're not even earbuds. It's the, the, the little, the, the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, they, they have the two headphone uh, okay, plugs. Right, right, the, uh, right. So I only used one of them. I was only getting sound. And in one if ear. you like touch the little cord, it, yeah. it, the sound goes yeah, out. You, you have, have to arrange it. Right, right. Right. Yeah. You have to keep your finger right on yeah. it. Uh, but the right, gunfire yes. noise Very stressed rattling. me out. Yeah. I, 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 and I never have felt that experience. The noise cancelers. Like, but that's also, especially of this era and with things like Miami Vice and also what like Catherine Bigelow is doing at this time sure. when people are like, oh God, they're like sort of glamorizing gun violence. They make it look so cool even if it's the good guys doing it. Sure. And Michael Mann, there's like so much of guys walking around in like really good jackets. Incredible jackets. With awesome music playing <laughs> with like ultimate confidence and you're right. like, this is fucking cool. Are they going to make this like too sexy? And then every time everyone shoots a gun, you're like, oh no, this is like upset. Yes. Yeah. This right. is a piece of machinery that is complicated. Right. Yes. This is fucking scary. And it's like too like hot and loud right. and heavy and like powerful. And uh, that that big, we'll go through the, we'll start the plot in earnest in a second. But that big shootout in the middle when there's so much distance between yeah. them and he's shooting it from behind their shoulders and you're like, they're like shooting at like ants. 
right. in their perspective. Right. Yeah. They were like, that's what a shootout like this must yes. actually feel like. And that's terrifying. It's terrifying. And also, you know, the criminals in the big shootout, they're just firing their weapons right. automatically. The right. Whereas spray. the cops have their weapons on semi-automatic. They're yeah. trying not to just shoot anything. You know? So they're like, pop, right. pop, He pop, says, like, know. watch your lines. Like, exactly. you know, you don't want someone returning fire at you with civilians behind you or you shooting through someone yeah. through a yes. civilian. But the yeah. differences right. of the rhythms is, like, unsettling. It puts you on edge. It's very yeah, unsettling. Like, yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Yes. Yeah. I will say, if you can see this film in a theater anytime, it's rep screening or whatever. Like, it's very worth it because it's very loud. Like, it's very good to see this movie as loud as possible. I tried to see it at rep screening when I was in uh, uh, Paris last year sure. where they're just like constantly like uh-huh. uh, they have this you know rep district uh, uh, yeah the they do they, yes. small. Yeah. but like sure. the Latin Quarter yes is like mostly like uh, rep theaters and I was like oh my god Heat's playing and it's not like rep theaters here in LA where it's like a one week run of this right. it's like tonight we're doing this movie <laughs> and so I was like oh awesome I get to see Heat and I got to the theater and they were like uh, yes it uh, did not arrive <laughs> No heat, uh, yeah. Michael did not bring. Right. So we ask like, him. You get to watch Serpico now. <laughs> not bad. Right. like, I like Serpico, sure. but I, I just love that it was just like. Uh, so they were just yes. like, find whatever Pacino movies in the attic? Yeah. Like, they were just like, yeah. dig through the yeah, they, were like, they told us it would arrive in the mail by today. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, it's a strike. Uh, yeah, boof. Yeah. What right. can I say? But it has a different. It, the title of Heat. It's in, not chauffeur or whatever, like whatever the French word for no, Heat is. No, no. Um, uh, let's find out. I'm cops on IMDb. And yeah, but I'll say, right. I've never seen it in a theater. Bobby and Al. It's <laughs> <laughs> transparent the marketing. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it in a theater. Uh, and I realized watching it last night that I had never seen it in that sort of structured of a. I am watching Heat from beginning to end. Not on television in right. the proper aspect ratio without commercial breaks or edits. Right. Like it's one of those movies where I had like seen it in so many pieces that I felt like I had seen it. And I'd never sat down and just watched three hours of heat as Michael Mann intended. It was on I've Netflix like six months so ago. Many times. Yeah. Yes. I did it. I did it twice yes. on that because I was just like, oh, it's here. I watch heat all I the own time. it, but I buried my DVDs. So I, right. <laughs> I watched the first half hour a lot. I love basically the robbery, you know, the armor car robbery, Wayne Gross shooting the guy, all that shit. And then Pacino coming in and explaining what just happened. And like, if you just watch that for half an hour, yeah. it's better than anything. That like, You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. And, we talk about how they don't explain anything in this Run movie. Run slick, you'll get the phone book, do it anyway. Yeah, like him. all that stuff. Oh, yeah, It's yes. such great business. And he also retroactively explains how everything went down. Exactly. He's like, when he's like, he's like, these guys are ready to right. rock and roll. That's yeah. like the best line. Re- yeah. Ready to rock and roll at the drop of a hat. Like they knew they had the murder charge, so kill yeah. everybody. Like that. that's yes. something I didn't pick up on when they do it. And then he explains it. And it's like, so. And then when you rewatch it, and there's that thing where like Kilmer looks at De Niro and De Niro's like, okay. Yeah. And Kilmer yeah. shoots And the him. masks right. make it like, you don't know who's who really, yeah. right. except yeah. for which, Wayne. Which Bro. is totally what he's pulling from at the beginning of The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, right. no, absolutely. It's and got then, that I mean, exact same energy. The bank looks like the bank from The Dark Knight. Right. Like, he I don't know. It Fickner. can't be the. Yeah. He yeah. cast Fickner, yeah. which he, yeah. he yes. acknowledges is right. like his hat tip. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's always right. Right. said, like, he was like, if I was going to. I mean. Fickner's playing the same character. He's like the, the mobster white collar guy. We've, right? like, we've litigated this on the podcast before, but it is disappointing that, like, it felt like what Nolan was setting up with the Dark Knight trilogy is 
each movie I'm going to mash up Batman with a different film. Right. Right. Like right. the first one is like him doing his weird like Lawrence of Arabia, like David Lean 100%. kind of movie. Yes. And the second one is him doing his Michael Mann Heat film. And then the third one is The Dark Knight 2. Yeah. The third one, he was like, The third I one is know. like The Negotiator. The League, of, <laughs> oh, the League of Shadows came back, I guess. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's the said, movie where they shut Manhattan down with Sam Jackson and there's like a terrorist. Yeah, that's uh, The Negotiator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, wonder yeah. what. Well, no, wait, no, I'm, I'm getting that confused. No, Negotiators <laughs> one with Kevin Spacey. Yes. Not I'm, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Not Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's the one where they. Sh oh, fuck. It'll there, come to me. It'll there are a lot of Sam Jack movies with similar plot lines. Yes. But this one's like there's like a terrorist and they're like, no, this is. Is this The Siege? The siege. That's yes. Denzel. Yes. Yes. The Denzel. siege is the and, um, is his yes. mashup for the is it Annette Benning in the siege. Annette Benning. Yeah. That's yeah. like her exactly. one big action movie. She wears yeah. a hijab. Weird movie. Yeah. yeah, that movie's like a little like problematic. And isn't like Bruce Willis in it for like two scenes? Is he? I think he. Yeah, is. I think he's like, like one of the generals yeah. that right. kind of like he gets like. A but I think it's like a, a Steven Seagal executive. Decision no, he is. In of course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the poster, right? But like small. Yes. That's a weird movie. That's a pre 9 11 yeah. Manhattan terrorism movie yeah. that, like, now you got watch everything it, like, wrong. Oh, right. This <laughs> right. is bizarre. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, Pacino, he, all right. So they rob the, yeah, they get the bear bonds. Yeah. They do all their shit. Yeah. Pacino comes in. And we here see, he is. we see like little tastes of like De Niro casually stealing an ambulance, mm -hmm. Val Kilmer buying something weird, and they Love never that. like explain it. And you Love just see all these people that. in different, yeah. different places. You see, well, Wayne, Wayne Gro Gro getting in with the car with Sizemore, with Sizemore's like, stop talking, please. Like, yeah. not interested in a conversation. Yeah, I about love that. to rob uh, armored car. And here's a massive thing that Nolan pulls: these movies being about confidence in mm. every sense of the word. That it's like these are people who know what they're doing and don't need to show off. Right. And Pacino's line where he's like, "Pop the guy because they could," you right. know, right? Whatever the lines where he's <laughs> yeah. explaining why they shot the dude, yeah. and he's like, "They knew it didn't What's matter." What's their at that mo? Point. What's their mo? They're the best. <laughs> it's like, that's such a great. Yes, yeah. The, the mo is that they're good, right? Once yeah. it escalate to murder one beef, yeah, yeah. They didn't hesitate, right? Right. Uh, what difference does it make? Wiley, drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. Such Which a great means line. like they're so scary. You know yeah. what I mean? I they're not someone, evil, but they are. They will kill you. I wish not in this context, but someone said that about me one time. Yeah. <laughs> drop I wish of someone a hat, said, he'll rock and roll. Griffin Newman, drop of a hat, he'll rock and roll. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, noting it Sit down. patiently, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's why drop of hat. Griffin Newman, Will Eagles, yeah. soft rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just like the he idea of mouth. someone saying like drop of a hat. Griffin Newman will rock and roll, and that's why I'm recommending him as a babysitter for your toddler. <laughs> so they're gonna kill Wayne Grow. Yeah. They don't like that. They smash right. his head against the diner. Sizemore looks at someone. Where Sizemore looked at me like that in a diner. I would leave oh. the diner. Yeah. And the city oh, yeah. probably. <laughs> like, right? Sizemore moving from the bench to the counter is mm. enough for me to shit a brick. Yeah, like, exactly. And he's like, just cut this. He's a fucking, he's like a throwback Hollywood actor in that he's six foot four to six foot nine, right. 200 to 400 pounds. Right. Yes. <laughs> but manages to be like a hot leading man. Exactly. During the surveillance scene, they're like, which one is Sizemore? And the guy says, the wide one. <laughs> yeah. And that is very accurate. But what's also weird is that like Michael Mann is like responsible for like, uh, you know, kind of uh, pushing Danny Trejo's right. career along, right. discovering Farina as like an ex-cop. Like these guys who came from real like criminal or like law enforcement backgrounds and yep. making them into actors giving them big speaking roles and you're like so what I mean Sizemore must be one of these guys who they like got his 
like for for a technical. Right, he was robbing no, the consultant. Set and they yeah. were like, okay, wait, we can, yeah, yeah, you could join and you're us. Like this guy comes from an acting background. Yeah. Like, Dreo is a criminal turned actor, and right. Sizemore's an actor, actor turned, turned criminal. One thousand percent. Right, but you're like Sizemore. They must have like got out of like scared straight, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And they were like, this guy popped on camera. And they're like, no, he went to like I don't like Northwestern Drama yeah. School. Yeah. They're like, and whatever. He, he's making the the George Clooney peacemaker hair look scary, or this like yes. that. He's making that look tough, right? The, the weird tight yeah. Caesar <laughs> yeah. with no, the yeah. speckle of pepper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whereas Trejo is literally playing Trejo. Yeah, right. his name is Trejo. Right, it's right. So right. Let's not right. even fuck around. This was like the first time someone had like written a real role. Is that him, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Let's look at Trejo. I, mean, I guess he started doing he's the Rodriguez in the, the movies. movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean. The greatest face in cinema. I really think so. He lends instant credibility. You're like, yep, I know people that look like that exist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I haven't seen one in a Hollywood movie yeah. in a long time. This guy has <laughs> lived. Yeah, yeah, right. Desperado yes. is the same year. And he okay. obviously before that, he's been in a million things, but it's all like prisoner. You know, right. tough prisoner. Right. Yeah. Prisoner who's tough. <laughs> Angry prisoner. client. Yeah. Right. Up until this point, he was like... Prison you, inmate. Oh. Yeah. You would cast him like just for verisimilitude. You wouldn't yeah, actually yeah, right. let him act. Yeah. His death scene in this it's is fantastic. like incredible. It so affected good. me. Oh, I, I forgot I how... It's so real. When when it, he says like, uh, where's Anna? And it's like, she's dead. And, you and just he see, makes that like crying the yeah. noise. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also you talk about how much character his face has. Getting some blood in the yeah, crevices of that face, up. Jesus! Uh, holy shit! Yeah, but just it's not like even the Martian like landscape, the blood dripping right. into the like the cracks. It's like yeah. the beginning of Hellboy where they pour the blood into the ground yes. and it like makes the like. <laughs> but you imagine it like NASA you played too. Yeah, yeah. Right. like releasing photos of his face where right. they're like, and here's where the yeah the canal systems. You know what I mean? Like I'm just realizing that's that's one of Guillermo's big moves is pour the blood into the labyrinth. Yeah, right. the etchings in the stone. Oh. It all, they also rip it off in the X-Men with Apocalypse, which right. is one terrible one that was. I, I wonder <laughs> if he got it from watching this. <laughs> He's like, Treo's face. the nightmare about blood and Treo's face. <laughs> oh, you look like a monster. Uh, so Wayne Grove gets away. Yeah. I love they pop the trunk and it's lined with oh, garbage bags ready. or tarps or whatever. It's so dope. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know how Wayne Grove gets away, but whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Wayne Grove's a little There's a couple fucker. of major plot point like yeah. weird anomalies mm -hmm. in this movie for a movie that's like airtight everywhere else right but i lend it to man's love of reality where it's like you know sometimes you accidentally do kill the serial killer yeah sure sometimes yeah. sometimes a guy just gets away sometimes the word slick ends up undoing right. everything like, right Which and those are true. stupid common th but i think that's like a cop thing will tell like I'm right. sure every cop will say, right, I got so lucky when I caught yeah. that guy. Do you, right. did you ever like see the, do you guys watch Bosch, the Amazon show Bosch? Uh, no, uh, I've never. Four I mean, dads by dads. I, you I do? do? Yeah, of course you I, do. I, I mean, I'm all for Bosch. I want great to be movie. on the record. Uh, great great yeah. show. Great show. But yeah. the most recent season wraps up with like an accidental solving of something that was like four seasons long. <laughs> That's how <laughs> like, wow. Titus yeah, Welliver like, <laughs> should be in a Michael Mann movie. Like Michael Mann needs to come back. Has he been in one? I don't know. Michael Mann doesn't make enough movies. Like You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it takes 280 shoot days. It's like, you can only yeah. Really? You're kind of surprised that Tice Wilver isn't in this. You imagine exactly. that he'd be part of a SWAT team or something. He would be a great fit in this. Um, can I tell you, there's uh, the posters we had for season one of the tech, the, the individual character posters are all like each of us standing on like a rooftop and then you see like city skyline behind it. And I had to sign a bunch of them for like giveaways once. And the Amazon PR people were like, you ever look in the windows? 
And I was like, no, what do you mean? And so I looked into the windows of the uh, uh, backdrop, right, uh-huh. of these city buildings. And uh, Bosch is just in a bunch of them. And they were like, we want to not just have it be like a yellow square of like the lights on. Huh. But you don't want to have to license. Oh, that's funny. So it's a bunch so of little Bosch. So we own Bosch. So it's like <laughs> so there's a bunch. Of, the but then like the the uh, perspective is totally off because it's like Bosch's head the size of the window. Yeah, right. It's like he's sitting at the window right. like this. Looking. But it's like a little screen grab. <laughs> Arthur's like Bosch. getting his photo taken yeah. on the roof across the way. But there are like four <laughs> Bosches. If you ever come across one of those full-size posters mm-hmm. and you look in really closely, it's just Bosch being like, I'll be there in five. <laughs> Bosch will be there in five. Yeah, right. And he will uh, walk out in 30 seconds five if the heater's around the corner. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Bosch, Bosch will out. date a woman 20 years younger <laughs> yeah. than like him. A Bosch <laughs> also, Bosch's age is very confusing in the show because he's like a Gulf War vet or Afghanistan vet. <laughs> right. And he's either 50 or 30. Like, it's so hard. He's either been a cop for a year or right. 20 years. They it's don't like, want to <laughs> change the specifics from the books it's The books is on. Vietnam, which right. is the real. Right. So like, they right. can't. Can't do that or else he'd be 80. So they're like, <laughs> he just should be. Yeah. Should be like, yeah, I served in Vietnam. You did? Mm-hmm. And they show flashbacks and he, they don't like make right. them He's down the or anything. Yeah. Right. It's right. really funny to flashback oh, 20 my. years and see Titus Welliver as Titus Welliver. Uh, Titus has never been in a, in a man? Nope. Wow. It's rude, yet, honestly. No. I think that's rude. Right. That he's not in Black Hat is yeah. outrageous. Yeah, come on. Black Hat, you could put a few more people in <laughs> <laughs> They should do no Black Hat re- too. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he was the man in Black. I'm he was lost. the man in black. Oh, yeah. yeah. He didn't yeah. have a hat, though. No. I have a question. So mm-hmm. this is a dad movie, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Is like that a dying like kind of genre? Well, it's movie? television. No, it's, it's Bosch. Bosch. TV is for dad. Bosch, Bosch is for dad. Bosch, right. yeah. 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 But Anything like, like that now is just a TV show. The, yeah. right. Liam Neeson, I think, was our last dad yeah. movie guy, right. too. Because right. yeah. all, all right. his movies are like, I may be old, but I'm street smart. It's yeah, like, that's what my dad said until he died. Dad core. Right. Yeah. And it was always just sort of a tough, broken man. Like, yeah. they're, they're more high concept, but they, they don't dip into sci-fi. Uh, so it is just that kind of like, I have no other choice. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, and Bruce Willis, like, kicked that all off. Like, you know, right. he's always just yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm just a guy. Yeah, I'm a cop, but I shouldn't be here, you right. know? But because I'm tough and curse and I know how to talk to people, yeah. like, and that's what dads love to hear. The da- right. Dads love to hear, I don't have to do any work, but I could be considered a hero because I'm <laughs> right. around kids, so I'm, like, stronger than them and smarter than them, so I have this alpha feeling. <laughs> I remember Mark Wahlberg when uh, Broken City came out, which he, is, like, a movie that doesn't really exist. He's in the dad zone, though, right? right? Yeah, Wahlberg. He was, yeah. like, yeah. I had had, like, four or five big hits in a row, and right. I was, like, this is the kind of movie I actually like. Sure. Which like, is he, like without a, saying yeah. it, kind of said, I don't like the movies I star in. I think they're for pussies. Yeah. <laughs> I like a movie about a tough man in a tough city. Could you city. imagine Wahlberg and like the Wahlberg brothers hanging out watching Transformers? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. right. What do you think Starscream's up to, Donnie? Yeah. <laughs> Who's with Wiki? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah, because Broken City, I've never seen, but it's trying to be like a Pakula movie, really. It's like right. a city corruption right, kind of like, like right. Yeah, you know, my dad doesn't really like the movies I'm in. Yeah, right. I of made course. this one for him, even though he's dead now. Yeah. Oh, all right, I got to pee. You guys keep talking. Uh, Costner, too. He's Costner's that, a great dad. Costner's now guys. gone like back to TV again, sort of. You I know? just yeah. watched The Highwayman uh, yeah, on Netflix, yeah. which yeah. is him and Harrelson. And Full that's, of bullets, boy. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. that's peak dad. They're yeah. dads in that movie, too. Nice. Hardcore, right. older men. Like, oh, you don't, they don't know about wiretaps. What? Triple, Triple Frontier. Fr- uh, David oh, loves Triple Frontier. So 
Yeah, I, I mean, all this stuff. Netflix is the only Literally, place. it's about yeah. Ben Affleck's fatherhood getting in the way of them being badasses. That's, that's <laughs> David's read on it, too. Yeah, it's really yeah. funny. I love Triple Frontier. I still haven't watched it, yeah. J.C. Shandor can shoot the shit out of landscape shots. Like, it's yeah. beautiful. And he, then he pull, and then it's a movie with guns, but right. also cool wide shots. He feels like a guy who would have had a very different career 20 years ago if the <laughs> movies yeah. he wanted to make were still getting made. Right. He would make you know? these awesome cowboy movies with like giant, beautiful fucking landscape shots and shit like right. that. Right, right. What else has he done besides All is Lost and Triple Frontier? Uh, he did uh, Most Violent Year. Oh, uh, yeah. I love that movie too. And Margin Call. Oh, I don't, I've never seen that. Margin Call is good. Margin Call is one of those movies. That's one, right? It's, it's the, uh, the economy collapse. Oh, okay. That's uh, probably why I skip anything where it's like, it's based on real bullshit. Oh, I put it off forever <laughs> yeah. and then finally watched the screener and I was like, this this thing fucking slaps. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. See, I'm thinking about Dunkirk, right? As mm -hmm. like a more recent dad movie. Yeah. But I think what's so unique about Man is that it's like, it's just this unique intelligence to this kind of filmmaking that you don't have anymore. It's Because it's, it's taken yeah. over now by like the like... Uh, like uh, twisted Zack Snyder right, boys, right. like you know, everything's got to be edge lord right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's, it's just... like unapologetically manly, but it is at the same time trying to be a beautiful movie, right? And if yeah. you compare, yeah. this, which is not like a, right. no, no, not a lot of people are like trying to make a gorgeous movie about men. Are being... we talking about Heat? Yeah, yeah. yeah this ends with them holding hands. That's the thing. <laughs> right. If yeah. it didn't end with them holding hands and saying goodbye to each other, right. yeah, you'd be like, right, it's about tough guys and they shoot each other. The other right. scene that I think like really kind of crystallizes what man is into is uh, uh, Pacino and his wife at the hospital and she's like, you know what, I'm An going to take scene. you back and he's like, it's not going to make a fucking difference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> but but she's still, she's so moved that Natalie like chose him. Like, right. Would, you know, right. Like all, she, Giant, Diane Venora, Diane yeah. Venora rules in this movie. Doing work. She's so right. fucking yeah, good yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's like, going to be in, um, you know, she did The Insider with She has a too. big couple of years yeah. in the 90s and then Roman disappears like a lot of these But she's a theater person. Like, yeah. she's like 100% a theater person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Pacino respects her. Like, she's yeah. sort of like, No, but she's she's really fucking uh, good in this. She's amazing in this. She's amazing in Bird, the Eastwood movie. She's, oh, yeah. she's been in stuff. Like, but uh, yeah, she's sort of stopped making movies. Yeah. Um, but, but it is like, you know, he is so uninterested in any sort of like uh, a happy ending or easy way out. Yeah. And the movies are about the fact that these guys are kind of fundamentally fucked. Like they're hollow inside and like this is their juice and they need it. To me, the action is in the juice. Right. What's the line he says also in the hospital where he's like, I'm always going to be chasing something. It's yeah. better than that. Uh, you know, but it's like the chase for me is the thing or whatever it I is. I forget what it is. Yes, though. but that's that's the well, line. She even, gives it, she even gives it to him, right? She's like, right. you're just a predator seeking right. your prey, stalking, hunting or whatever. Right. And it's like, that's what any dude wants to hear. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm a fucking tiger. Where, right. <laughs> whereas Pacino's slightly more aware of it, right? Yeah. And he keeps trying to get married anyway, right? Like, you know, he's like a passionate guy. Right. De Niro is like, I'm just a professional. This makes logical sense. Right. Like, De Niro is right. like, right. The best way for me to live is to yeah. have nothing. Right. right, like right. that's the only way for and me. Pacino's like, I'm trying to have some stuff, but it, it is not working. But, oh, I love. Oh. I keep tricking myself into thinking. I yes. love Voight's rundown of him. That moment is great so when Voight yeah. is talking to De Niro, and he's like, he's like, guys on his third marriage. You think he's uh, taking nights and weekends off? You know, right. it's like the idea yeah. that it's like he looked at it and he, said, this guy's been through two divorces. He married he's good to at the job. job. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and, and it then also calls him out as an ex marine, which I think. We're supposed to know that. They're both ex-Marines. Yeah. They both, both have tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're assuming 
uh, Val Kilmer and is also have some military background because he's oh, too much of a oh, badass. Yeah. <laughs> Val Kilmer, is, and he I mean, also seems yeah, rattled by a war. Like yeah, yeah, he, he seems yeah, like yeah, a guy yeah, who can't, can't totally shake go. it off. Right. right. Which it's nice that this movie like doesn't pinpoint those things. Right. It's just like baked into the cake, but it's like never called out. Another thing is you just like watch all the scenes with Pacino and his wife, and you're like, oh, I totally get the dynamic here. This guy must have been great to date. Yes, like right. he must have been and he's so, so seductive cool. right. until yeah. you put the ring on him, and then he can't show up. Right, you know, right, like because yeah. it is the hunt of the thing. But you're like, this guy must be so into you when you're still a little hard to get. But then when he catches you and kills you in the airport, done. he's done. Yeah, he needs yeah, a new yeah, chase. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, and there, and he has the self justification of like, you don't want me to talk about work with you. It's a baby in a fucking microwave. Right. I, you, I'm doing you a kindness yeah. by not telling you about that. But also, it's like I get no enjoyment exactly. out of being she's with like, you. That's ninety percent of your life. Right, that's then I all have nothing of you. Exactly. Right. right. You, you she's on have a grass and Xanax or whatever it is she says. Yeah. Like right. you know, she's just. She's like, if I wasn't serve. so hopped up on a Xanax and pot. Right. <laughs> I just like the way she's. And oh, like I the shitty her. version of this movie, which is nine hours, which of, is Den of Thieves, right? right. <laughs> right. Which, is, which I liked, yeah. but it is it's oh, yeah. heat for dummies, right? But you're like ninety nine <laughs> out of a hundred writers, directors, or both would make Natalie Portman's uh, vacant father turn out to be yeah, someone he'll, else he'll in the movie. He'll be a plot point. Sure. Yeah, he would be De Niro, or he would be part of the crew. Right. You or, bring in Azaria, and it turns out he's the deadbeat dad. Right, 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 right. Right, right. But, but it is the thing with him where it's just like, sometimes like, you know, I think you, did you bring up the, uh, oh, no, no, it was weirdly. I thought because we were recording order, you must have brought it up in a man episode, but you brought it up in Dumbo. Sure. The uh, the oh, Casey yeah. Affleck Manchester, like, oh, I can't yeah. beat I can't this beat thing. It. Yeah. Like, every Michael Mann lead is a, I can't beat this thing guy, right. where it's like, there's just something in me we're never going to fix. <laughs> yeah, I'm You fucked. know? Yeah. And, like, the same thing with the Natalie Portman thing. It's like, that doesn't have a plot function. It's just about how tough everything is. It's about how hard life is. Life and- is really fucking hard for yes. everybody. And I think it does it good in this movie where everyone is going through it. And yeah. then, like, you get caught up in the fantasy of like, cool, we're drilling, we're doing this, we're doing right. cops, we're hunting, we're on the hunt. Right. And then it's like, a prostitute, a 16-year-old prostitute was murdered. Don't forget, right. Right. bad guys, life sucks, the world is fucked. 10-year-old girl kills her, you know, tries to kill herself. You know, right. like, Whoa. they like flash to anything. Sizemore grabbing the little girl. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, that's yeah. like that. that that's he'll when do you're... that. He's a nice guy. We saw him with his wife and kids. Right. He's got like a nice life, yeah. but he'll still grab that girl. Right. And it's like anyone in this movie who has an active personal life, it's an impediment to what they do. Right. And anyone who doesn't have a personal life, it's an impediment to what they do. Like right. either they're hollow or they're vulnerable. Right. Uh, <laughs> but now, that is like sort of what his medals. Excuse me. He yeah. loves his medals. <laughs> I mean, medals. It's a book about medals. Stress fractures and titanium or whatever. It's like even just way too specific I to know. even be like, I'm casually into metal. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm third level medals. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm about the fracturing of metals now. Yeah. I already uh, read Intro to Metallurgy. Now I'm on stress fractures and titanium. Uh, De Niro is one of those insane things where like he's never been overweight yet throughout his entire, I mean, other than like Raging Bull, right? right, right. Yeah, he's right. never been... Like, Accidentally overweight. He never yeah. went to a doughy period in a way a lot no, he's of former kind leading of the men. Same guy, right? Right. Yeah. He's, he's maintained like pretty good shape. He has throughout his career, even when he was young, always breathed like a fat guy. <laughs> oh yeah, he has Gandafini sandwich <laughs> breath. <laughs> no full <fun>. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Right>. yeah. <laughs> His nose is such a powerful prop. Yeah, but also he does he's, mouth breathing too. Like it's yeah, both. No, he it's does. Just he like, does. Well, you know. There's a flip side to that coin. Yeah. Yeah. Pause 80 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. 
what if I got to take you out? You know what I mean? Like yeah. shit like that. And all he needs is his face. We've talked about how much face he has. It's so a lot of face. He's so good. Yeah, he, so he has like the Italian actor septum that you get and then like gets you like booked on more roles. Like if you're an right. Italian male, you get this like fucked up septum that gets you to. Yeah. You know, I, like get, even Sizemore has it a little bit in this movie too. Right. Where when he talks, you're like, what? How? Where is that coming from? And De Niro's <laughs> always bottled vulnerability. Like that's the key to him is he's the guy who never shows his hand. Right. And if he does, it's that weird thing where it's like, oh, fuck, I've never seen my dad cry before. <laughs> like this is kind of scary to watch him trying not to cry. Um, but but there is that thing. I remember my mom saying to me like earlier uh, – uh, earlier in my life, I remember yeah, when I was before now when right. I was young and I would like ask my parents question about like film history or whatever, uh -huh. and they were like the seventies were like one of those turning points where all the leading men looked like a butcher, <laughs> and that term has always stuck with me. I think my mom was the one who said it, but it was just like all these guys and I dying was like, for the swing back to that, right? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, right speaking exactly. from a very personal perspective, perspective, dying for the swing back to that. <laughs> Do you want someone who could like work at a deli counter <laughs> to be the leader of your movie? You and I have talked a lot. Of about how much we both just like want to play villains and things. Oh, I just want to play something in an action movie, and I don't right. have. We, we, it doesn't make sense for either of us until we're big enough stars to force our way. Right, that's into the thing. Hobbs like my Shaw thing four. is like I want to play like weird, weaselly like right. sociopaths in like like genre films. You want to yeah. play like an Eric Bogosian type, yeah. Right, and I feel like you want to play like the fence in yeah. like a movie like oh, this. So bad, and you could like kill that dialogue so hard. I yeah. think my dream uh, action movie role would be you get you're the secret agent. You get sent down to Havana, right. and there's a guy who you're supposed to meet down there, and he's right. been living there for four. And, and he's I'm like at the tiki bar, yeah, and he's like, like open Hawaiian shirt with right, like rum, right. and I'm like, hey, sweetheart, I'm grabbing the waitress's ass. Right. He's and I'm supposed to be like CIA, too long, but right. I'm like into your CIA like gone to sea. Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah, totally. that's that's my dream role. Yeah. <laughs> the bodega guy, and you were never really here. Have oh, you yeah. seen oh, that movie? Yes, yeah. That feels like something you could have knocked out of the park. Hell, that would be awesome. Like just this kind of really like dialogue dense. Like just here's a little flavor. <laughs> oh, I, I want the pre-lap. Uh, I want to be the bodega guy who's on a phone call. Right. You get, I get to do like improvised pre-lap. Here's, like, <laughs> yeah, here's a sloppy expert. Yeah. This guy yeah. used sloppy to be expert. all about finesse and like the, the details. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that. And then he discovered shorts. <laughs> and gyros. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to think if the there's dream. a guy like that in this. I guess there isn't. I there guess isn't. everyone in this is. I mean like Tone Loke <laughs> like, and, yeah. uh, and uh, Ricky or uh, Albert. Yeah. Uh, Ricky. Right. Harris, right? Yeah. But not really. Yeah. Oh, God. The Piven. way. Piven. Yeah. Dr. The way he talks to Tone Loke and Harris is like insane. The way. That scene is crazy. That scene is. Right. I would argue that's the one scene where he tips the scales a little too much. Wrong. He goes in, yeah. <laughs> when he goes into the. Uh, and he sings the Phoenix song yes. back Why at him. Why did I get the Phoenix? Did you fall in love last night? I'll take that. <laughs> right? Isn't that the line? Let me find it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. feels a Just little tell like, me that. I'll buy that. It's when De Niro, De Niro. It's when Pacino goes like full like actor studio exercise, mm -hmm. where it's like your goal is just to surprise your scene partner. Right. He also right. reminds so me of shit. He also reminds me of improvising with someone who doesn't do improv. Yes. You know, and you're like. Who? And they're like, who? 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 <laughs> Look at that. Huh? You know, it's like, you're just like riffing off the last word you heard from the person, not responding to the content. I, I yeah. think oh, it, Phoenix. I, you know, that's the, that right. has just had to adjust your levels twice in a row. It's going to continue to happen. Yeah. That is the plot. Right. It's like, he's looking for the guys who did this, right? So he's yeah. going to hit up the snitches. Okay. Yeah. He hits up the snitches. Every scene with the snitches, he's just trying to make them 
like not understand what the next thing he's going to do is. Right. Everything he says, I think is just to like, they're like, no, I got this guy. And he's like, Wah! and they're like, oh, what's he going to do? Next? Like, right. Like that's the, he idea. just keeps everyone on un- unstable. And that's how he's able to yeah, like, yes, nervy energy. Well, the and entire that's time. the beauty of the take that man uses with the, she's got a great ass. And he's clearly she's, about to say big. He's starting to form the mouth for big. Yeah. yeah. Like I, you <laughs> see his fucking posture of his lips. Yeah. And then he just shifts at the last second. Yeah. He, Cause he's like, wait, Judd's ass is actually kind of small. I've <laughs> seen it. Regular <laughs> ass. Yeah. Like, I feel like you see in his eyes, like, yeah. oh, technically it's not that big. Right, right. You know, like, but right. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, apparently, earlier, this character was conceived of as having a Coke problem. Right. In this big interview that Pacino did with Christopher Nolan right. about this movie, he was like, yeah, I played him like he was on Coke, which uh, just excuse makes sense. Me. What he said was, I believe this is the interview that's on like the Insomnia DVD. Yeah, it's right? also on the Heat DVD. Right. You can you can watch it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I believe what he says is, you know, I was trying to make sense of why this character would act this way, staying up all night, antagonizing sure. these guys. And I went to Michael and I met Michael. The only explanation is this guy is constantly chipping cocaine. <laughs> And the specific of chipping, chipping. cocaine. He's got like a brick in his jacket. He's just like, all right, all right. He's nonstop chipping cocaine. And it's like, all right, so that makes sense for Heat. Now, Pacino, yeah. were all of your characters secretly on cocaine for yeah. the next 25 years? I read the script like- for Ocean's 13. <laughs> And I said, Stephen, the only thing that makes sense <laughs> is if this guy's constantly tripping. I love retroactive explanations of your choices. Like the fam- like we always talk about Vin Diesel. Yes. After meeting The Rock on the table read, right, for him, right. he was like, well, you know, like in a men's health interview, he's like, well, you know, uh, Toretto kind of, you know, drinks Corona and works on cars. You wouldn't have a good body. Like he's like retroactively explaining why he's kind of fat. Or the other <laughs> one we talk about is like uh, uh, Russell Crowe's in this zone now and right. Val Moore is doing it for a while where he was like, they sent me the script and I went, Oh, God, I gotta gain eighty pounds. Yeah, for this I can only to play fat. this. He like puts the sandwich down. <laughs> yeah, I can only play this fat. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna have to gain a hundred. And it, thankfully, it was easy for me because I had just come off of another role <laughs> right. that forced me to gain eighty pounds. Right, right, My yeah. seventh in I, a row. I went from boy erase where I had gained eighty pounds to Roger Ailes, so forty pounds on top of that. I don't know if right, I want right. to do pill weight or food weight. <laughs> <laughs> do I want to carry it all in my face, I, or I, should I have fat hands like in the yeah. good, in the nice guys it is truly wild. He, I, I like it when actors do that where they're like I'm, I'm Dennehy for the second half of my career That's, yeah. it's fine right uh, it's easier yeah, it's exactly. easier to maintain if you want to watch me you know it's like a, a guy who had to like go to a trainer every day like watch Gladiator I did that movie already yeah, exactly <laughs> it also gives these guys so much more character yeah you know Prosky Prosky you know he's a legend Durning my all time favorite Durning right oh hell yeah yeah Um. so uh, I don't know what you know. They, he talks to the fences. It's all going yeah. bad. Tone Loke shows up, and then Tone Loke says slick, and Pacino's like, "Oh fuck, I know." You know, right? Like, yeah. so that's the little. He's about to tap out on the guy. He's, He's getting tap nothing out on from him. Yeah, calls um, everybody slick. So that means we called him slick. It's yeah. like, nah, that's definitely not how nicknames yeah. work. <laughs> it's just a verbal tick. Everything is slick to him. Yeah, they can have that slick over there. Yeah. French fries. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, but one thing I love about it, it's like if there's a scene, there's a, then we're cutting to the other guy, right? You know what I mean? It's like one yes. scene, Pacino. One scene, De Niro. He's never. It's literally a fifty-fifty split. It's right. A, it's like two parallel movies. Yes. happening, and it's. 
And they're very similar people yeah. as that as we're, as right. we're learning. Yeah. Right. 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 I, uh, just to jump back, when he lists the fences, he does like, it's the best. It's like oh one God, of yeah. each ethnicity. Yes. It's like, 100%. you check Rosenstein, check Giovanni, and I'll check Jackson. You know? And it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a Latino fence. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it's such a fucking. Uh, Hershowitz, I'll take Mendez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so, right. They rob the bear bonds. The fence. John Voigt is like, let's just sell it back to the mob. John Voigt, just like incredible to be like, because he worked so sporadically over the course of the 80s. In the 60s and 70s, he was like a heartthrob. He right? was like a, a boyish looking, you know, cutie pie. Right. right? You right. Know, that's the like, whole oh, point of him in Midnight Cowboy. Face. Right. Yes. And then apparently he was at the gym and he touched his face, touched Trejo's face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. He's like, what's happening? <laughs> he got two faced. But both sides, <laughs> like someone threw acid on the whole yeah. thing. Voight just Voight just got that like face that right. you get sometimes no. if you're an old. Yeah, person. the sort yeah. of puck, the pockmarked face. But yeah. it's like so incredible to be like this is ten years after Runaway Train, which is like the only big movie that charts his transition right. from like heartthrob to like like a human like like grease ball yes. right yeah 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 human bag of meatballs right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. i mean he's and a dog this, face right and then in this <laughs> real dog face right, you get the movie facial is hair just and the mostly just dog men yeah. yeah you're right just dog men but that's just what walking I think, around and that's man saying realism you know what right. i mean like right. man's like people are fucking ugly in real life yeah. <laughs> but he in mission impossible he's looking to cleaned up again yes i mean right. that one i guess then they like put makeup on like right studio sort of resurgence of playing anaconda is 2 years after this yeah it's crazy anaconda is the performance of a man who has not acted in 10 years uh, like that's the performance of a guy who kind of forgot God, it's good <laughs> very good yeah. oh he is doing a spanish yes. accent or yes. like a Cuban, south american accent yeah, yeah. yeah. And, something like that but he's also like a priest and cajun at times throughout that movie like his <laughs> yeah. accent in that movie makes no sense ice cube is like maybe saying things that I think are racist <laughs> where I'm like, are you allowed to say that? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. After this, it's, it's crazy. It's like, he has, he's right. in like four movies a year after right. this. Right. And he becomes like, he's in like Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And Transformers. Roosevelt. <laughs> right. It's crazy to picture yeah, he's in Transformers, him. right. Tomb Raider. He gets an Oscar nomination for Ali, which he's right. wonderful okay. in. Like, you know, like but he also becomes this like, oh, if you like hire John Voight, you give him $4 million to be 10 on your call sheet and he like lends you an air of respectability for four scenes in your blockbuster yeah you know he's, he's the so villain or the this. mentor like whatever it is he, yeah he's so good in this and it's hard to like i can't like i didn't even place that he hadn't worked for 10 years before it's crazy this. Yeah. yeah because he looks great the right. look is unreal but we're yeah. used to the look now because we're like well i know what uh, john voigt looks like in year 2019 right and you're like this is him emerging like, in 95 what happened yeah. to you john yeah. right, right. You used to, your ass used to be beautiful <laughs> right yeah he's like i don't know like 48 in this movie he's not yeah. that old no yeah no you compare like de niro and Pacino no, I mean, both look a yeah. lot sexier than him in this movie well de niro is so hot so in this hot movie, right that's the yeah. thing when my he's mom real handsome God, my, i always think of the butcher thing and i look at de niro and i'm like no but that guy's like fucking handsome i mean he's like, very clipped he's got the salt and pepper which is a good choice goat. Oh, yeah the hard, the hard goat, goat works the hard oh, goat yeah. works yeah it also de niro has always had the the best kind of good looks which is he looks like anybody yeah but the a handsome version of them upon further analysis right. Right. you know what i mean right. you're like he looks like a guy you could work with but you're actually more handsome than I remember. It's when you buy like home furnishings from like Target and you're like, this only costs $40 and there's nothing fancy going on <laughs> here, like, but it's yeah. just a little cleaner than the Walmart version. <laughs> right, right, right. They just put a little extra effort like little, in yeah. making oh, sure it's yeah. symmetrical. <laughs> Everyone in this movie is either that, super right. hot, or Voight. 
Right. Where you're yeah. like, holy shit, what? Like Ted Levine with like where man was like, go in a room and don't like cut your mustache well, for a Pacino month. Well, the Pacino facelift Pacino, thing makes yeah. sense because he's got that weird thing where like his cheekbones are really sharp but also saggy. Yes. Like he's got sort of eye bags underneath his cheekbones. Yeah, he's right. got like a Boston Terrier's face. <laughs> he does. Point. Yeah. I love that because, right, Pacino. <laughs> big sad dog He has eyes. like yeah, the yeah. three current murder cases he's working <laughs> yes. in his face. Yeah. Right. Whereas De Niro is a guy who's like, I have no worldly possessions. And that's why I'm like angry. Yeah. Like, right, right. Like, his apartment just makes me laugh so much. And De Niro's if like, if you pause it, it's like, oh yeah, yeah he has four plates. I think, right. like, yeah. they probably came with the place. Yeah. <laughs> De Niro's like super boxy, like Italian uh, uh, suit jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that was another thing I was reading on the Miami Vice Wikipedia is just like how many things Michael Mann is credited for popularizing in fashion. Right. Single handedly, it was like, yeah, American men didn't wear Italian clothes. Right. Right. It was like a very that unusual would be too like dandy. That would yeah. be too poofy, right? Yeah, and yeah. like that, like the Ray Ban pastels with like a pastels, uh, pastels right. underneath like a khaki Open suit, that, collars. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was like yeah. no Showing one other jazz, than, yes. than jazz musicians wore Wayfarers yeah. right. before Miami Vice. You Sockle- know? Sockless shoes, right? All yeah. these things, <laughs> yes, like yes. loafers, yeah. right? And it was like highline. He brought it back. Right. Here, you know, like some of these cuts and colors have changed, but like goalie masks and assault rifles for your bank robbery. It is also crazy how many bank robberies are credited to heat. I know. Where like the cops were like, the bank robbers specifically watched Heat and then yeah. decided to copy it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so realistic. I do love that they each have a slightly different hockey mask. Like you have the black totally. one, you have the white one, yeah. the positioning of the holes are different. Yeah. 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 That yeah. moment when, uh, in the beginning, when they show the shot of the ambulance and there's the mask is in the foreground. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the movie before, you're like, what is that thing in the foreground? And then when they slap him on, you're like, that's scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> it is a weird thing though. I mean, because this movie is so much about confidence, like you don't have like, in those scenes, the tension of like, are they going to pull it off? Because the guys are like laying the tracks, like literally, let's put this thing out in the road. So when they come to get yeah, us, the their tires, strips, are, yeah. right? Like all that shit. And my favorite thing in the entire movie is when they just abandon the heist, right? When like Kilmer's yes. getting in and he's like, we're out of here. Yeah, he yeah. hears like one noise. Right. There's that shot of his that's like the, ghostly that's face. That's the best thing in the movie. That's so the cool. coolest. It goes that's to Pacino like, and De Niro meeting right. face to face. Yes. Right. But yes. it goes to the like the silence of the lamb. Like they're staring straight right. down the barrel. Right. Like yeah. first person shot. Yes. And you're seeing like, di- like that, that shot sequencing yeah. gives me like chills where it's like De Niro's face reacting to the sound. Right. Yeah. Uh, then Pacino's face, just seeing that he knows, De Niro knows. Then back to De Niro, then back to Pacino, then the ghostly visit. Yeah, you see, because they tease it in like the rights <sighs> until they take it full frame. Also, De Niro, the lighting in that scene where De Niro comes out of the building, like kind of looks around and then yeah. just disappears yes. just yeah. in like the shadow. Like that's so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. And what, I love that when that shitty guy, the guy who leans his what gun a great against character. the van. Yes. What, you can just tell yeah. right when the thing starts mm-hmm. by his glasses and right. the fact that he has his gun on his back inside a thing. You're yeah. like, this guy's a fucking nub. And then he blows it. And it's when just, they get out of the van, he's the last one out. And you, they just like, he doesn't have the scene where the guy gets chewed out. Right, right. He doesn't have Pacino give him a real look. You just watch that guy walk out and try to maintain composure. Right, and trying to Knowing like, that, that he just my fault. blew the entire thing. And so it's like, and now the movie just leaves that guy. And you just have to imagine how he's this is going to stick with this right. guy for yeah. 20 think, years. Like, there was this cop, Vincent Hattie. He's a legend. Uh, right. I fucked this thing up. And I, I know he knows I did that. Right. The Pacino, like, not saying, 
talk until yeah. he like uh, lets go of the walkie-talkie. Right, yeah. the itchy trigger guy who's like, why, why aren't we making the move? Right, and he's right. like, what am I going to get him for? Breaking and entering? Right, exactly. Then six uh, months, and he's back on the street. These guys are exactly. good. They know what they're doing. And right yeah. after that is the coffee shop. We should uh, the diner scene. Like yeah. pretty much very soon after that is when he pulls him over. Has the scene where they the the psych out where they make them show up so that they can get recon on the cops. Oh, yes, that's, that right. that's after. Right, right, right yeah. Because right yeah. now De Niro knows something's up. Yeah. They do the thing where they kind of lead them to this industrial. They confuse zone. the audience, which I think is the best. So They're like, good. We've got yeah. the freeway over here. We got yeah. the freeway over here. Yeah. And uh, De Niro's face when he can see that he, Pacino found, realized what's happening. Right. Yeah. De Niro has that like telephoto lens and he just smirks. A little yes. bit. One of the only few, he barely smiles in this movie. I didn't right. recognize that until I, I was reading the IMDb trivia. Sure, it's like right. he smiles five times or whatever he, in the movie yeah. and I'm like, that's why that look when he's so subtly smiling like, yeah. you motherfucker. It's that, he smiles like Amy Brenneman once. He smiles right. when John Voight is like, this guy says you're good. And he's like, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah well, and like, the beauty is it's in response to Pacino looking around. Yes. And right. he, like these two guys are so professional that they both respect that they're fighting against someone who recognizes all the work they're doing. Yeah. Right. Like they're both like, you're great. Hey, no, you're uh, great. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. right, Pacino, it's just like, look, usually I'm dealing with fucking idiots. Like these guys, <laughs> there's like some craft going into this. And De Niro's like, usually, you know, I maybe I go home, I question whether it's worth the effort I put into this. And when he even notices what I'm doing. Right. I like the uh, Pacino's accent is insane in that in that monologue where he's oh. like, you know who they're looking at? Us. The Los Angeles police. And he's all of a sudden has like a weird black voice. Well, and <laughs> he does this weird, like he's like becomes this like Cajun man yep. <laughs> further and further into the 90s, which is so strange because like when you get to the Azaria scene, right? Yep. Azaria has said that like all of his Simpsons characters are pretty much him doing a bad impression of a movie star. Right. Where it's like, uh, uh, Chief Wiggum is, uh, uh, I'm forgetting now. What's his Edward name? G. Robinson? Uh, sure, Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, sure. Right? Or James Cagney. Right. But yes. no, it's probably Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's like, like see, hi. Right. right, that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mo is him doing 70s Pacino. Right. Right. It's like Panic and Neil Park where he's like, hey, come on here. You know, and I, I'm just trying my best. Hey, homie. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right, that kind of thing. And then you get to the scene where like Azaria's still kind of doing his like 70s Pacino affectation. Right. <laughs> and Pacino's going like, oh, you know, down on the bayou. <laughs> I'll serve you some gumbo like you won't believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we're going yeah. down tonight. <laughs> Big Daddy Pacino. <laughs> he's uh, a like, maniac. Yeah, he's doing like cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> He's like, you know me from New York City. I think he's also like, I was like, I did 10 solid years as arguably the greatest actor in yeah. movies. Let like, me fuck around. Why don't I just do some other shit, yeah. right? You also, know? like his 80s were largely well, bad. He Well, barely works. Right. Yeah, yeah. He barely works. And like every time he comes back and he's like, I'm ready, he flops even harder. Yeah, revolution <laughs> being right. the, the so king like, of those. Especially yeah. him getting like his Oscar at like the very top of the 90s. Yes. It's just like, cool. I, I just victory lapping now. I'm just going to have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Right? Yeah. Because you have to imagine, like, having, like, one of the best decades that any actor has ever had, then having an, a decade that bad following it. Right. He's like, fuck. They assume they'd have many chances to give me an Oscar, and I might not ever give them another shot again. Oh, right. And then so he just gave a performance in a movie that, like, had a script, and they were right. like, great. Sure, here's the Oscar. <laughs> Jesus, finally. Oh, my right. God. Right. All right. Now you, you quit, right? the camera. <laughs> You're going to retire now, right? <laughs> yeah. What? Jack uh, and Jill. What, do you re what script are you reading? Yeah. Yeah. Don't put that down. Apparently, he won't let people talk to him about that movie. That's fair. Really? It's yeah, his yeah. only He's good. so funny. Dunk, dunk, a Chino. Yeah. 
He's so good. He's got one line reading of a joke. Burn this. Yes. Where, Is that it? Uh, uh, there's, that's great. Sure. But they're playing like catch or something, uh-huh. and she accidentally throws and hits his Oscar, which which knocks over and breaks. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm so sorry, but I mean, that, you must have a ton of those, right? And he goes, uh, you would think so, but, <laughs> but no. <laughs> so great. Uh, I love this, the part in Heat when uh, at this moment when yeah. they go like, whoa, what's around here? And the guys have already researched the area, like the cops, seeing yeah. them be really, when he's like, uh, factory only pays in checks, no cash on site, yeah. this place, you know, uh, like. They, any of that Everything is, is just so solved. Oh, like, yeah. I love so also, tight. once they yes. figure out Wingro, they're like, here's what you do. You feed that to every source we right, have. Right, yes. Every and tell them bondsman. not to tell it. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like they just know it will circulate Get back that around the it. street. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right, but act like they shouldn't be hearing this. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, so there's that incredible thing. We should also say just the line where De Niro says, I'm talking to a dead man, to Fickner on the phone. Yeah. He's <sighs> fucking pornographic. That's it. Forget, he goes, forget, <laughs> about, forget about the money. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and Fickner's like, what? What? It what rattles are you him about? Yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Right. He goes, you know who this is. I'm talking to it. There's no one on the other end of this line. I'm talking to a dead man. It's also, especially for like, okay, this is the movie, like, you know, two after he does his Hannibal Lecter movie. And then someone else does the even crazier Hannibal Lecter movie. And we've like set up how these like psychopath stalking their prey scenes go, where like the innocence is like drained out of it. And still, I think the most chilling writing of that I've ever seen is just Wayne Grow going, you don't. Yeah. You don't get what this is, do you? Right. The Grim Reapers. Yeah. But even before he says that, that like you're, they're both been, smiling and laughing, like, oh, you don't, you don't right. know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> you're not feeling the tension in this right. room because I'm about to do something fucking weird. And he just changes the temperature <laughs> immediately. That yeah. guy, Kevin Gage, yeah. went to prison uh, later in life, but for growing marijuana, which is fucked up. Fucked yeah. up. Leave him alone. Yeah. But apparently, everyone in jail just called him Wayne Grove. <laughs> Which makes so much sense. Do you think he was This is probably criminals' in favorite movie, right? Yeah. Like people who are like, I am a criminal. Yeah. You know, not people who broke the law, like people who are like, my job is criminal. Yeah. Right. And my favorite movie is Heat. Yeah. And I, you are Wayne Grove. I think also, he's, he's huge in prison because it's like, it's movie night. It's like, pick the longest movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I want to go back to the cell. Hey, a three hour movie. Can we watch Heat twice? <laughs> it is insane. This movie's three hours long. I yep. think we said this already on another episode, but when they were like selling the TV rights, and they were like, yeah, we've said this, it's, but it's, it's amazing. It's 254. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, we have, we're going to have to like cut it down like 40 minutes yes. to have it fit into any traditional TV <laughs> slot, right? Even yeah. if we take a three-hour block, you're going to have to cut at least 40 minutes out of this thing. And he was like, what if I gave you another 40? Right. What if we beef it up to like 320 so it can be a four-hour? That was his pitch. He was like, I could get it if we're hey, at Read like- the room, man. <laughs> He's like, I could get it to right. yeah. You want a four-hour okay, block? I got you. You need 40 more minutes? No, no, no. Slow down. He's He's Exactly. Reels drop. This This Pacino just yells into a pillow for eight minutes. (laughs) I got Natalie Portman buying razors. What do you need? West Studio just cleans a gun. (laughs) Do you need that? John Voight makes a you know eggs and uh, eggs and peppers. Hands in B roll. That was good. Yeah, Jeff Boyd just chopping eggs and peppers. This is one of those ones where, like, every time it's re-released, he changes it a little bit, but it's so Barely. minor. Yeah. That, it's like, like he inserts one shot or removes or one piece like, of dialogue. I changed the timing of this. I yeah. picked an alternate take. Like, he never restructures it the way he does with his other movies. No, because, I mean, honestly, the idea that it's a perfectly structured movie is kind of hilarious because it does feel like a TV pilot. Right. It has stuff like the Dennis Haysburg character where yep. you're like, 
you don't need this. no like, absolutely you know what not. I mean? like yeah. it, or the Natalie Portman stuff like plots that feel a little superfluous well when or whatever. they first showed Dennis Haysburn before you, the, when he's yeah. just like a guy on parole right. getting a chef yeah. job you're and like that what the fuck and that doesn't come back for uh, 90 a minutes a chef job from Bud Court yes oh, from yes. Bud Court the kid from uh, Harold and Maude from Harold yeah. oh himself. yeah he looks yeah. like a oh and jumping back to the I'm talking to a dead man on the other line in this phone hangs up and he's at fucking like that's like double duty. He's making that call from outside Ashley Judd's apartment, yeah, watching. Right, yeah. Like that's that's such great filmmaking where he's like, "This is a major plot point. Hang up." De Niro's good at another major. Up a phone. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! That's such a beautiful thing too. When he goes to Ashley Judd and is like, "If you just hold out for like six months, I will or six weeks, yes. I will finance you leaving yeah. him." You, yeah. you, you give him a shot, and if it doesn't work out, right? Yeah, and that's I'll after he has it. the conversation with Kilmer where he's like. You know, uh, in my opinion, men should have no attachments. And Kilmer says, well, the sun rises and sets. And De Niro's sort of like, okay, okay. I'm <laughs> right. going to go talk to her. Right, because hey, De Niro's Ashley, thing is one like, million bucks if right. he fucks up again. De Niro's yeah. like, I'm not going to get Kilmer to quit Judd. Right. But I can't have him be distracted and sloppy right now. 100%. Right, right. right, right. So it's like, I'll pay a million dollars for you to stay with him for three more weeks. And I like that he's kind of a real monster to her. Yes. Like, for some, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just like, like, he's... You, that's when you're like you're rooting for De Niro and then you like see the way he treats Ashley Judd and you're like ooh yeah no, hey, he is a bad great. guy yeah. <laughs> uh, he's bad with feelings yes. Yes. Uh, Amy Brenneman who's great in this movie I yeah. love Amy Brenneman but you know she's and playing this very character. sort of like lonely introverted aspiring person aspiring graphic designer yeah who's yeah. like moved to LA and doesn't know anyone mm-hmm. and De Niro is classy and mysterious and like you yeah. sort of get it but once she's in the car at the end yeah. you're like yeah, yeah, gotta go. You like, gotta. You know, why are you still Once doing this? Once he's like holding her face in the well, on the hill, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. that's that's again the. Mo- he does where- like medals, though. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm into medals. When the movie reminds you that De Niro is a scumbag, is the best parts of that this movie because where you're like, I'm with. The- I can't believe this bitch won't yeah. go with him. <laughs> and then you're like, when he grabs her, and then yeah. you're like, oh wait, no, no he's yeah, a no. killer. She's Run not away. Yeah. <laughs> but especially when this is like only like a handful of years after Cape Fear, which right. is like right. the one time De Niro went full scumbag, right. like right. nothing else yeah. other than just like monstrous. That he like has that in his back pocket. We've seen him do that. Menace. And then the couple of scenes where he like launches into that. It's not even the like raging bull thing of like, oh, this guy's got anger problems. Right, it's right. like the little touches of like, this guy's kind of sadistic. Kill you, yeah. right? It's if not that he, he can't control to. himself. It's that part of him seems like he sort of enjoys this. Sure, but he's not like a Wangro who like no. literally like murders for fun. No, but no. he'll kill you. He's if not he, a moral. And that weird plotline right. I think is in there so that you of go course. like you, yeah. s- right. you swing like, back. Oh, right. right. You have to work with some unsavory fellow. Right, and then also, but then you also go like Pacino. Like you, it also makes you wonder like. Hey, Hannah, shouldn't you be more concerned about the serial killer than the guys robbing banks? Right. You know, and it's like, but they that's did kill the, three armed security. You know, 100%, yeah. but that's another thing, right? That scene where uh, not just Wayne Grove killing the, the, the prostitute, but then Pacino giving the mom a hug. Mm-hmm. Like where he's like, he's not exactly empathetic, but he knows like if he just kind of grabs her is yeah. sort of like 90% of what she needs. Yeah. Uh, great Pacino moment. I love that oh, hug. Oh, yeah. yeah. But when you're watching the movie, you're like, this is about bank robbers, right? Are they going to rob a bank? <laughs> right, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, come on, the diner scene. Yes. We're, all right. They're at the diner. I yeah. always fast forward through this part. Yeah, bullshit. You're in the movie theater and people, I, I was one time, this is a terrible, Rocky Balboa, that Rocky yeah. movie, sitting, the movie sucks, no one's enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're at the uh, Cobble Hill Cinemas and then, 
dun, 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 dun. like he's right. obviously about to start training and the two guys in front of me get up and go to the bathroom and I'm like <laughs> if there's a moment right. to not leave it's like the build up it's like failing to run the restaurant is when yeah. you pee right <laughs> yes yes why, why did you buy the ticket my what, friend this Him? is why I'm here I would have yeah. just come if they could have yeah. told me when this was I would have just came in for it right you're like <laughs> right. if they did this in the trailer I would have skipped the movie right, right. <laughs> Uh, this fucking scene Holy it's so good yeah, yeah it's so good wanna it's get so, a cup of coffee <laughs> it's so good and yes. such like deft underplaying don't take scores right uh, yes very underplayed because right. you get to something like Righteous Kill where it's like well, now it's a whole movie of the two of them together and it's like this weird competition of like Pacino being like we're gonna see who can out act right and Daniel was like yeah yeah it's definitely uh, out acting yeah that's yeah. definitely so what I'm while, like, famed for recently yeah, taking a nap on camera <laughs> yeah, right. like it's such a weird movie because it's like Pacino's doing more than either of them have ever done <laughs> right, combined. Right, right. And De Niro's doing less. I mean, De Niro in so many of those 2000s movies, like you're like, I know that's him. I can right. see him. Right. But is he aware that he was in a movie today? Yeah, he, like, right. so like, it's like wheeled onto set and then they're like, all right, stand here. And it's like, Roll that's a wrap. Yeah. $5 million. Right. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. That was like my brother and I would get into like the discussion of like, who's more embarrassing now, De Niro or Pacino? And right. it's like when Pacino fucks up he fucks up like big he makes big hard choices that are more outwardly embarrassing Mm -hmm. and because he still has the vanity of wanting to be like the sexy like tough cop he takes worse movies and De Niro phones in kind of more mediocre he phones in like supporting performances in a film they never should have been allowed to call him about right Right. you know like the director should not be he should call De Niro's agent and the agent should be like how dare you? <laughs> yeah. He should Offer say. He should me. say. I want to call De Niro, and uh, the director's agent should go. Come right. on, yeah, no, <laughs> drop it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And instead, De Niro's like, I see this guy. He's like a tough guy. I'll take it. Sure. Yeah. yeah I need uh, my rider. Is a, you know a bowl <laughs> right. of oranges. Right. And it's know. also that he's like this like conglomerate who wants to like I got to open another Tribeca Grill. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's why he needs these because he needs right. to buy like a square block of Tribeca every right. year or whatever. Right. <laughs> like that's his actual move. Yeah. He I gets think, a block a year. <laughs> yeah, right. Pacino's bad shit is Showtime. big swings which, yes. at, which at least you could appreciate right. Right, the element of craft but uh, Pacino is unable I, I mean I'm maybe saying speaking out of turn in this room but Pacino is like unable to do comedy I know you guys believe Jack and Joe I think De Niro is way more skilled in oh, comedy I agree I yeah. think Pacino yes. I think yes. Jack and Joe is the only can... time he's actually landed jokes yeah it's have, the only time he's tried to do comedy really have right? you guys yeah, seen I've right, talked right. about De this De Niro before. has good timing he's yeah. good at pausing yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good pauser <laughs> right right uh, famously takes super yeah. long pauses yeah. 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 very long well, Midnight Run's incredible there's a flip side to that uh, Midnight Run I also think is like the, the sexiest film character of all time Absolutely. I watch that movie and I'm like that's what I wish I looked like Hundred percent. Yeah, um, uh, I've talked to me with Joe Manganiello in True Blood, <laughs> <laughs> and when he's a wolf. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think I've talked about what this in a previous say? episode, maybe on Insomnia or something. Oh. But there's a video that's now weirdly kind of hard to find from the tail end of Letterman, uh, where Pacino comes on, and they were like having more and more guests come on to try to like send him out in style. Uh, where uh, he Pacino comes on and he's like, "Ow, you're, what are you doing here?" And he's got like the seventeen scarves and like the two feet of hair. <laughs> right, right, right. And he's right. like, uh, "You know, I don't get to do enough comedy, so I thought maybe I could come help you out with one of your top ten lists." <laughs> and the bit is that he knows he can't deliver jokes, so he wants uh, Letterman to still do the ten, 
but uh, Pacino's going to do the numbers. Oh, that's really funny. And he tries to give each <laughs> number right, right. a distinct line reading. Oh, that's great. That's he's that's playing, funny. It's so good. Self-aware, too, but which is cool. But he also looks like he has no idea what he's doing. It's weird. <laughs> it's like on one hand very self-aware and on the other hand totally oblivious. Uh, do we yes. like the diner scene? I mean, what is there? It's take 11. Yeah. He set up three cameras. Yeah. So, like, they just ran the whole thing. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. like, do sides. Yeah. Even though people would freak out and be like, they're not in the same frame together, you know, but right. that's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There is one, there is wide shots. Of There's a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But it's, yeah, yeah. That's not what it's about. Right. Yeah. Right. But I think that's also keeping with, we're watching two movies. Yes. So when we're showing, right. uh, when we're showing Vincent, that's the cop movie. Right. When yes. we're showing, yeah. Right. That, when we're showing Neil, that's the robber movie. Right. It's just so that you wouldn't see them together because they're not in the same movie yet. Yeah. hundred percent. Their movies are still running parallel. Right. The tracks are getting closer and closer. They're not yeah. ready to shake hands yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're but not right. ready to, Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the thing. They show, Pacino's like, you were in jail. You know, you were in, yeah. this, you were in shoe, which is solitary confinement. Like, you know, isn't that tough? And De Niro's like, you're going to become a penologist. Right. Like, he's like, not interested. He's like, there's no depth to me. Forget it. Let's right. not talk about it. Right. And then Pacino's like, let's talk about our dreams. I see my, you know, the guys I took down with the black eyes, you know, bleeding out of their eyes. And De Niro's just like, I have a dream where I'm drowning because I, you know, I'm stressed out. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough time to do all the shit I want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. De Niro's very like, let's get to the point of it right away. De Niro's right? like, I have a dream where I show up to a bank robbery. <laughs> I'm naked and all like, <laughs> so all my high school teachers are in the bank. It's like, you're just having traditional anxiety dreams about your career. But it's also one of those things where De Niro's like, we're the same person. Right. Like, stop trying, stop trying to psychoanalyze exactly. me. But Gino yeah. keeps being like, come on, do you do it for the thrill of it? And he's like, no, I'm good at it. Right. Just like you. I That's do it because I'm good is. and I don't know right. how to do anything else. But exactly. I think, I think also, this is kind of obvious, but like uh, De Niro is telling Pacino who Pacino is and Pacino's learning for the first time, like, or maybe he's always thought it, but now he's like, oh yeah. And that's, I think why he knows he's got to break it off with the girl. Cause he's like, I am De Niro. I shouldn't have anything. Cause in case the heat is on, I got to be able to walk away. When I see a microwave baby, I can't bring that shit back right. to anybody right. else. Yeah. And, but yeah, but yeah, and right. And he can talk to Hannah can say like, I'm on my third marriage failing, you know, cause he yeah. knows De Niro will get what he's talking about. Right. No one else will understand what he's talking about. And De Niro, it feels like him falling for, for Amy Rennan is like less about like, Oh my God, they have this unbelievable chemistry and more about like, this woman tricked me into spending time with her because I put no effort into trying to meet women. She just tried. Right. She and just that was tried. enough for him. Like, he needed love. He most needed- people don't make an outward move to him. Of course And not. she tried like four times in a row and he kept shutting her down. And so it sort of feels like him falling in love with the person he lost his virginity to. Right. Yeah. He's like, well, this is what love feels like. We got to spend the rest of our lives together. I got a woman. Yeah. This little head tilt. He's doing his head tilt yeah, for the listener at home. Yeah, and he like that's like she, that would be the moment where she's like watching on surveillance. Right. He, he called me his woman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a woman. That's the discipline. Right. Yep. Yeah. Pacino's like, what are you gonna give her up? That's the discipline. Right. Oh. And he starts repeating that, like, don't have anything in your life you can't get rid of in 30 seconds. Yeah, like that more a and guy more in the yard told him. Oh, yeah, right. Oh. And it's like he he says it more and more because he's, he's trying to himself. convince himself. Right. Oh, fuck, it's right. so cool. <laughs> um and they then they uh rob the bank. <laughs> yeah. Uh they uh they're gonna they're not gonna do it. Yeah. They need the money. Now this is the first third act of the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. In order to keep track right. I mean this the is the second like, triptych. Right. Right, this movie has a three-act, third act. Right. Yeah, yeah, 
you figure the bank robbery is the end. It's right. the thing there. It's a, a heist movie, so the big heist should be the end, right? right. And you're losing a bunch of the the men on both sides. Of course, I know. Right. It's so oh, yeah. going back to you talking about confidence. Yeah. Uh, Pacino and the cops running up when they know the robbery. They know that these guys are literally the best at killing and everything. And they're running up and no one is like, what the fuck? They're right. like, this is our job. Right. They're like walking along with the bus as the bus moves. Like all that yeah. cool shit. Give me that shotgun. Yeah. yeah. Give me that shotgun. Give me that shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, oh, and also right after the coffee shop is when everyone suddenly vanishes. And yeah. Pacino's like, half an hour ago. That's yeah. that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they have the bank robbery. It's great. They have a great bank robbery. The bank robbery is so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we talked about the shootout a bunch earlier. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, the, I know. The, uh, the lead up to the bank robbery, the, the look on De Niro's, then uh, Sizemore's, then Val Kilmer's face, or whatever the order is, yeah. where you could just see three guys like, well, it's time to fucking rock it. Like, yeah, at right. the drop of a hat, it's, right. we're ready to rock it. We've been rock. preparing to potentially die this yeah. way our entire lives. And Kilmer's right. reaction to when he's walking up to the car, yeah. and you're like, the way Sizemore, he hits Haysbert, where he's like, yeah, we're doing it, and yeah. Neil's in the car, oh. and then Val Kilmer's walking up, and you know it's all, and then he just sees the guy across, no hesitation, right. slings his gun you out, barely starts see firing rounds. Yeah. yeah, Sizemore starts yeah. firing, everyone just goes. No one at any point is like, so, if they're cops, remember, shoot them with guns. Right, right, right. Which right, would be right. helpful. I mean, I would, right. I would, yes. I would, I would, yes, I would like most to know definitely. That. There's yes. not even parts where they go, you take that guard. Hey, yeah. handcuff right. him. It's like no. all sold. It's all no, it's so like they've been awesome. running the plays in their mind for so long that yeah. nothing needs to be said now. I think well, it's, it's like men, right? We don't talk. Men don't. <laughs> we don't communicate. If this podcast is yeah, three podcast of a podcast. <laughs> you know what men don't do? Talk. These are four men who never talk. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, uh, I think it's sad that Haysbert dies. You know, you feel that because you he like that guy, even though yeah. maybe he's terrible. Like, who knows? Right. right? He, we, we know don't know what he was about in jail him. for. Exactly. But, but I, that, again, that's just what I love about the movie where it's yeah. like, don't forget, this is sad for this woman. You right. know yes, what I mean? Like, 100%. other people are affected. Like, and Pacino even says, like, well, when you come around the corner and the guy, you just made a woman a widow, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you're that's like, why remember, I'm going to have to take you down. Every, every right. time you kill that, those three armed security guards were dads, you know, like you got yeah. fucking money, but you killed dads. And yeah. especially during this shootout, they cut to random people on the streets so much. Yeah. You're like more than like Marvel movies do, which are ostensibly about saving civilians. <laughs> right, right. This movie keeps reminding you like there are people who are just watching this happen. When they get to the grocery store and uh, Hannah's just shoving people right. from standing to the ground, that's like so dark and fucked right, and up. It's like, and right. This person has PTSD. This person <laughs> yeah, has PTSD. Yeah. Every person I touch that is poor fucked girl size right. more picks up. Right. Oh, yeah, he just keeps cutting to them in like close-ups. Like, just they are never gonna get over this. They just watched Ted Levine get shot in the neck with a shotgun. Oh, poor Teddy. Yeah, yeah. And Sizemore bites it. Obviously, yeah. Kilmer gets shot. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's basically, except for De Niro, is out of commission. I mean, Kilmer survives the movie, which gets is wild. Yeah, he gets yeah. a haircut. That's the crazy. He gets the Saint haircut. Right. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's gonna go Simon make the Templar. Saint. Right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be great if the, when they went into the car, uh, sir. Uh, let me see your ID and he's got like the fake teeth from right. yeah. like, oh no, excuse me and he's like doing one of his goofy same characters he's that like, would be so good <laughs> All right, well, don't go every movie should have to do that where it's like at the end of the movie you have to set up the actor's next role in <laughs> right. whatever it's gonna be yeah. Yeah. I don't care if it makes no sense like a post credit sequence where you see everyone setting up for their next movie yeah. like right. transitioning yeah, it's actually Neil McCauley will become uh, uh, Gaylord Fokker's father-in-law <laughs> right I guess I guess 
uh, Pacino's next movie is City Hall, which is very similar to this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, vibe What's De Niro's movie after this? Right. Uh, after let's that. find out. This, this is a fun game, right? Like yeah. literally the immediate follow up. Yeah. Uh, is Sleepers? Eh, oh, yeah. Not that exciting. Sleepers no. in Marvin's room. A weird '96 weird. for him. Yeah, because like his next this movie is Ronan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Ronan, which is '99 or '98, '98. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, fun. that's like that. Which I love that movie. Which is also like it's so good. His, he's playing Neil McCall. Yeah. He's oh, playing right. a very no, similar character. Like, you yeah. got to be ready to do blank. blank, yeah. blank. Except like him. it's like if Neil McCauley's put in a crew where he doesn't know anyone and he's kind of like you guys seem fucked up. I don't like it. Right. Like why don't you all be robots like me? Right. Right. Wait, wait, uh, yeah. No, I was gonna say that's and that's sort of the last time that De Niro gets to do this as the leading man, Ronan, right? Yeah, pretty much, right? Like yeah. he's not gonna be your sort of like quasi romantic lead, even right. if he I, the score. I guess is Norton kind of the lead of that. Uh, it's about yeah. a score. Don't take scores, as Pacino says to him. I and just he went and made it's the because score. like Pacino keeps trying to like make these movies. Yeah, 100%, for far right. too long. Two for yeah. the money, right? Like that's this ended, right? Like right. I mean, if you look at the Pacino the filmography, right? Oh, the recruit. At least in the recruit, I guess he's you know you've got Farrell to Mentor, sort of like do the action. Right. 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 Well, that's the way that th- these guys should survive in these movies. Right. It's like I'm now the guy who tr- like Michael Keaton in American Assassin. Yes. You know, like yes. everyone could be right. playing that role. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, then he. It's interesting doing like 88 minutes, righteous kill. Yes, all that shit. Right. I guess it's interesting that he does Donnie Brasco very soon after this. Because yeah. that's, he's playing like a pathetic guy. Right. Who's pretty beaten down by life. Right. You know, like. pretty subtle and internal. I in think he's movie. great. In yeah, that's, that's one of his, maybe his best performance. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I, I love Serpico, but, and A Son of a Woman Who Doesn't. Dog I, Day is probably my number one. Oh, but fuck Danny yeah. Brasco Dog Day is might good. Be he's also two. good in this film that I really like called The Godfather. I don't, I don't know, know if you've heard of that no, one. No, it's really it. good. Yeah. Is there like a blank check director guy? No, he never made much else. Yeah. It was Godfather and out for him. One done. He didn't literally take out like the biggest checks in the world. He didn't bankrupt multiple studios and like, you know, basically like buy a country for a while. Right. right. Uh, Ashley Judd's hand signal to Val Kilmer. One of those most, oh, I just love that. A little tap on yeah, the, like, mm-hmm. on the railway. Judd's great in this. Is this, like, this is like her first big studio film, right? It's a great question. I uh, feel like this is her first. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. She's, she's been in, in the, Ruby in paradise, which is yeah. like a Sundance winner. That's mm-hmm. it. She's been in a, in this movie. She's in this movie for a total of six minutes out of 180. Yeah, yeah. And she's the most uh, yeah. on camera female, <laughs> right? He yeah, because like, it's her, Venora, and Brennan are all kind of the same, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my my dad worked on uh, Smoke, the sure. Harvey Keitel which is movie. the same year as this, right? And so they she was shooting these two things at the same time, and it was like, oh, she's like everyone's saying she's going to be the next big thing, and which um, is kind of true, right? Yeah. We went to like a, a repertory screening of it recently with my sister. Who oh, was, Smoke? Uh, yes, who was born years later. My sister's much younger. And she sure. uh, not only, uh, you know, was not alive when the movie was being made. But she wasn't like pounding the, the ground to see Smoke when she was a kid. Like, right. I want to see the Cigar Shop movie. Right, like five years after its release. <laughs> I love Wayne Wang. Yeah. Uh, she did like Wayne Wang. <laughs> Wayne Wang's cool. Yeah, she what? thought his name was Wayne Wayne. Um, yeah, she was two. Uh, but um, the the, uh, the the thing that was crazy was we were watching it and Ashley Judd's got one scene in that movie uh-huh. shot the same time as this. She's in a similar kind of mode. She's like sort of beaten down, addicted, bleach bottle blonde. Right, right, right. Uh, and Romley was like, who the fuck is this? And right. I was like, oh, you like passed the entire era in which Ashley Judd was a major right. movie By star. By the time Romilly's 10, Ashley Judd's out of theaters. Is, is right. so out. has yeah. been out for like five years. And I was like, she was like, why didn't that person have a career? And I was like, 
not only did she have a massive career, but she essentially had her own genre. Totally. Like, there were 10 years of, like, Ashley Judd movies. Airport thrillers right. with, like, that are kind of violent, you right. know, and, like, with an older guy, maybe not as romantic, but, like, right. a Tommy Lee Jones and Morgan Freeman, right? You know, like, a sort yeah. of, like, kind of grizzled guy. And you were, like, once every three years, sort of she like would a try sex element. something else. Right. But it was like she was kind of like Liam Neeson, where it was just like, here's her zone. That's what yeah. she does. Yes. Kiss yeah. the Girls, Double Jeopardy, Eye of the Beholder, right. uh, High Crimes, Twisted, yeah. like all that shit. And then she does Bug, and, and studios are like, we're never calling you again. Right. Goodbye. It was like right. great. Done. But she's amazing in Bug. Oh, yeah. yeah. But even at that point, it's like High Crimes was the last of the Ashley Judd thrillers. Yeah, right. I would yeah. say, right? That's like 2002. Uh, yeah, Twisted is 04. I, 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 like, I call Twisted kind of the yes, end. Is right. High Crimes one with Tommy Lee Jones and Sam Jackson, like the court one? Court thrill? No. No, that's uh, Basic. Oh, Basic, yes. Right. right. She no, did crimes separate is... Tommy Lee Jones and Morgan Freeman High Crimes movie. is oh. And Sam Jackson movies. <laughs> right. She worked with all of them in different... She did High a Sam Jack is... movie, right? Twisted. Oh, right, right, Twisted. right, right. right. Uh, High Crimes is Morgan Freeman again. Right. Uh, James Caviezel is in that one, right. Jim Caviezel. Oh, uh, yes. Now I know which one that yeah. is. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Like, oh, right. Kiss the Girls, obviously, that's a Freeman. That's a Don't Cross that's Alex, the Alex Cross. Cross. It's right. just, it's such a unique phenomenon when someone, like, becomes a genre like that. Like, yeah, here's your own little is. subgenre, and it's like, people write Ashley Judd movies, or they, like, option novels that could be turned into an Ashley Judd vehicle. Right. And every once in a while, she's like, oh, I'll do a comedy. Yeah, give me a someone a like you, and everyone's like, yeah. eh, no thanks. Yeah, no, right, yeah. yeah. She's like, I hope right. you had fun. There's but. not a threat of, like, kidnapping in a cave or something. Right. Judd, 100%. we need that. Yeah. That's and now she she's needs. just been on like four TV shows where you're like, oh, Ashley Judd is on like Berlin Syndrome on Epic Berlin Station, yeah. I believe. Sorry. Yes, yep, yep, you're right. I, uh, a while back, was on a uh, a true TV show and I was going to the Turner Upfronts mm -hmm. and they were flying us all from LA to New York pri private uh -huh. and showing up there for the Turner Upfronts, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like the Impractical Jokers and the right. and these guys. And then I guess I didn't realize what shows were hour-long dramas on TNT sure. in like 2013, 2014. Sure. Yeah. And it's Lucy Liu, Sharon Stone, right. uh, what's his name? Kira Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. All these right. people. I'm like, this is like my this it's is my movies 90s. of my it's childhood. It's, the, it's literally <laughs> right. the blockbuster video. 90 right. adult yeah. thrillers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what TNT probably was, right? right? They were just like, yeah, like to get a time machine, go to a blockbuster yeah. in Omaha, Nebraska. All the people who were 20s, 20 when the blockbuster was huge yeah. are 40 now and yes. they're watching TNT. But we should yeah. mention, I feel like this is a movie whose reputation is largely solidified by TNT. By cable. Yeah. But but TNT, uh, I feel like two movies that they really pushed into the ultimate pantheon specifically are this and Shawshank. You're right. Where there are like long movies that people would just be like, that's my afternoon. I'm just watching or this. Every I'm scene's engaging on its own. Right. You yeah. know, like or like, oh, they're about to rob the bank. Let me watch up to that. If you're right. flipping yeah. through and you see it and you're like, oh, this scene's good. I should watch just this one right, scene. Right. Or it's the diner scene coming up, obviously. Right. right. Yeah. Because right, between right. like ninety five and two thousand five, like heat goes from being like what was seen as kind of a disappointment relative to the expectations. Relative to the hype, 100%. Right. Yeah. That people liked, but then it was like, well, it kind of didn't live up to the it's potential. Kind of bloated, like Kilmer's all really wrong long. for it. Like right. that was its rep in the 90s. Right. Like, I mean, obviously, it, quickly there were people who were like, that thing's a masterpiece or like that thing is like the most right. elevated crime movie or whatever they wanted to say about it. But it had it. like no awards traction whatsoever. It was released for awards traction, but right. got none, right. obviously. It like barely made back its budget domestically and yeah. did well enough worldwide that it, it sort fine. of was like net neutral, right, you right. know? Yeah. I don't think anyone was furious about how Heat did. But yeah. No, but not then I feel like by like 10 years later, it was block. like- Long tail, kinda, long tail. Right, he kind of fucks. And by the time you get to like- 
2015, it's like we all agree Heat is one of the American masterpieces. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I think right. like in the the Nolan shit helps too. Right, and like all, all this, all of a sudden, a lot of people who grew up yeah. watching Michael right. Mann and John. I think John Carpenter kind of benefited from this too. Yes, like most a lot definitely. of people who grew up watching that sort of stylized worlds right. are, are now doing that, and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh, if you like this, you're gonna love this." I feel like yeah. there's such a big Carpenter revival happening right yeah. now, and I feel like a lot of it is Jordan Peele. Like he's not the only one, sure. right? Right. But I think when people go like, "Oh, it's cool. It's like a horror movie. It's like about shit. It makes you think." Right. And then like we're sitting on a poach and like I got some more things for you. Yeah. To <laughs> Come to my movie porch. Are you like you like should the we music have a movie porch? Yeah. Do I? Should we have one? We should have. Let's one. set one up. Ben used to watch. Ben has talked about he most of uh, when we cover a movie that he's seen before. The circumstances in which he saw that film are usually uh, watching the VHS on someone's porch in New Jersey. <laughs> So we've talked about we wanted- Is it one person's porch or do multiple people have TVs on porches? Multiple people <laughs> I grew up with. The New Jersey had porch TVs. Right. Like it wasn't a basement or a rumpus room. It right. was a porch right. with an extension cord running through the window. <laughs> Nothing like watching a movie in broad daylight. <laughs> <laughs> on a cathode tube Feeling TV. The wind yeah. 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 What's up with TVs in this movie? Why is oh, CRT yeah. such a major part of this movie? Like, there's the there's TV, TV man, man. Yeah. whose TV is plugged in. Yeah. yeah, he's like a homeless guy who has right. static on. Uh, he feels very MTV. Yeah, because yeah. it's yeah. sideways. Because right. that's what it right. was, right? right. Like, that would be the real glowing world. colors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then that, and then the whole shit with the De, De Niro's face off is first right. on that screen. Right. On the CRT screen. There's like yeah, a yeah. lot of they're and, saying and something. And Pacino and takes the TV, puts it in his car, carries it with him for like three scenes. It's in yeah. for a while. He finally dumps yeah, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And another movie, like you were saying, another movie would have uh, Natalie Portman be attached to someone. Another right. movie would have a guy with a fucking shopping cart come up and right. go, "Oh, a TV! Right. Reset right. the cycle." Right. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. All right. Yeah. Oh, and the TV guy heard someone say "slick." That's yeah, the heard someone say slick. That's it. That's all they got. That's the only thing. You'll that get the phone book. Do it anyway. I wonder if the TV guy is meant to be like a like a radio man thing. Sure. You know about Radio Man? No. Nope. Do you not know about Radio Man? I mean, I know about the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. Radio. Okay, this is what we have to talk about. See, Gabrus knows about Radio Man because he's worked on some East Coast sets. Yeah, it's the dude who just oh, well, yeah, wanders around. It's it's Moonvest. He's Moonvest. Right. Yes, right. in 30 Rock. Right. I do kind of know who this and is. And the Fisher King was kind of based on right, him. Right, right. Not not in script form, but right, but the Robin Williams yeah. is like, I paid Radio Man. <laughs> Because he was like my technical consultant for the movie. Right. Radio Man's a dude who loves fucking movies. He loves the magic of the movies. I have sat next to him a bunch of times at Film Forum. Really? He, he unprovoked goes on monologues about how Claudette Colbert was the only person who could do comedy and drama. Cool. Like I'm just like. He's at least got taste. Right. Right. Uh, he has a fair number of credits. He's part of SAG. A bunch yep. of like New York-based actors and directors like love him. Will give him parts so that he can meet his dues and get his health insurance. Right. Because his job is he just knows whatever is filming in the tri-state area, right. and he rides a bicycle there. We shot an overnight in uh, Long Island. Mm. Uh, for uh, vinyl, and he biked there. Wow. <laughs> I believe he lives in downtown Manhattan. Sure, he's got. He looks like Moonvest. He yes. looks like a he's crazy a homeless big, bushy man. Beard. He's right, got right. a radio and headphones on all the time. He's got a phone line. He's got like a one eight hundred phone line where you can call it, and he records new outgoing voicemails that tell you what's filming that week. And he shows up on every fucking set. And it's that thing of just like you don't feel like you've made it until you show up on a set. 
yeah. that that Radio Man has like decided is worthy of your time. <laughs> Give me a fingernail. TV Man feels like a, a little a, bit a of little... a tip of the hat. Sure. Except yeah. right after this, it just becomes like, let's just hire Radio Man. <laughs> right, right. And Radio Man self-identifies as an actor now. Good for him. He's the best. I, I'm work. dying to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> I self-identify. I, he's got credits. <laughs> he's got credits. He's got credits. He's got an IMDb profile. Is it listed under Radio Man? No, it's under Craig Castaldo, but okay. he's often credited as Radio Man. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So the last act of this movie, yes, that's mm-hmm. right. There's another act, the, right? The third act of the third act. Yes, is, I mean, all kinds of stuff. The Trejo scene we talked yeah. about. taking down. kind of structured like a herald, I'm realizing. Right. Yep. <laughs> taking down. So when uh, the third beats are like, guys, edit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Van, Van, you know, killing Van Zandt, killing We're only killing getting Fickner. to the second group game now? <laughs> yeah. the con- <laughs> I don't understand your herald jokes. <laughs> I mean, a couple people are loving this. I know, I yeah. know. Uh, what if only there was there? more of a crossover in the improv and podcast. Uh, world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, never, never. Those guys don't talk to each other, right? No, because no. no, men hate talking. Uh, Vincent Hanna never made a mod team. Vincent Hanna never made a mod. Team. Um, the, uh, uh, Natalie co- Portman tries to kill herself. Him going to kill Wayne Grow is like a f- full-on heist in and of itself. It's so, like, hard, he, it's so oh, it's, yeah, he cases the hotel. Right, he yeah, sees right. that the the clerk has a shotgun. He does the thing where he, he does like the fake. Get the info. He's like, yeah, Jameson yeah, on right. BLT. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I know, right? Like the, the bullshit. I love the beauty of, of him yeah, too that. in the light tunnel with like Amy Brannon. Yes, where he's like free and clear, free and clear. Right, right. they're gonna yeah. do and it. And then he, he can't. The he sudden can't right not. turn. Right. That's a, maybe one of the other smiles, right? Yes, yeah. but I, mean, I think you, he smiles before he. Yeah, he smiles when he knows he's going to kill Wayne Grove. I mean, you would which kill is so Wayne cool, Grove, right? But it does. I would go And it also it doesn't feel bad. He's bad, and it feels like I was just holding in a burp. Uh, he's. I'm holding in all of my uh, my gases today because uh, he knows that Wayne Grow leaked the shit to uh, Van Zandt, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So Wayne like, Grow is the guy who really betrayed them, not Trey. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And but, so not only did he get Hannah on them in the first case, mm-hmm. he then also gets him. But like uh, Wayne Grow has fucked it up, and then unbeknownst to. Uh, Neil, Wayne Grows, mm-hmm. also a serial killer. So right. it's like, somebody kill him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. also, Please. He's in a fucking luxury suite right yeah. now. But the choice that De Niro makes, which is so good, is he plays it less as, you know what, I got to get my revenge on this guy, and more as, like, I'm such a professional. I it got will the time. drive me crazy for the yeah. rest of my life if I don't close this loop. It, it's right. 100% Even, And like, Voight knows telling him, because he's a singular right. fucking goal guy, yeah. Voight's like, because you asked me. Yeah. Right. I got to tell you. I was and trying he, to hold him. Yeah, 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 right. like, oh, that's such a- he's at this hotel. And I'm sure you don't want to do anything about that. And De Niro's like, you're right. Of course not. Right. Yeah. And then just like that quiet. And then that yeah. smirk as he goes off the road. And he says to Edie, like, wait here. 45 seconds. I'll right. be back. 45 seconds? It's yeah. going to take you an hour. But Are it's you played like the moment where the dad is like, what am I doing? And he turns around from the big meeting to, to go, go to, to the his, airport. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His daughter's soccer yeah, game. Go to the little league game. Yeah. It's like the abrupt shift of like, what am I doing? Yeah, there's, I a, there's a serial the killer out there who cares about me. Look at me. me. <laughs> Look at me. The move also when he throws the chair through Fickner's window is so good. So awesome. Because yeah. he like, Gets the balance of yeah. it just right. Oh. Yeah, he does like yeah. the pick it up like discus. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, I'm going to spin yeah. this He's way. He's trying to get some it. torque yeah. on it. Asks him for startling. info. Yeah. It's very and startling. And Fickner's reaction Fickner's is like, uh, awesome. I don't yeah. fucking know. Yeah, well, how the fuck would I know? And he's like, great, <laughs> yeah. killing you. Don't yeah. need that anything else out of you. Oh, my God. Now, uh, yep. I saw that this movie came out in December. I am Correct. praying 
that that means that w- the movie I think beat this at the box office is what beat it at the box office. We'll talk about it. Do you want to do the box office game now? We just have to talk about the airport showdown. And then oh, we're done. oh, sure, sure, That's sure. That's the okay. only other yes. thing. Yes. I just love that. Right. And you go, what, this is two, three years after Point Break? Is Point Break 92? 93? Yeah. Is it 92? Right? Yeah. It's 92, right? 91. Wow. Four, four years. Wow. Uh, it's an interesting counterpoint that shows you the difference between these two uh, filmmaker styles. And Man and uh, Bigelow have a lot of overlap, especially sure. in this time period. Oh, hell yeah. And right. they're, they're both very hardcore. Like, yeah, and you know, in terms right. of how they make the movies. Yes. yes. And also both, like, that's my two sides of my brain, I think. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, you, if you put, like, Steven Seagal, John Carpenter in there and shake it up. That's like my right. movie taste. <laughs> well, Bigelow's maybe like you go like Nancy Myers. Oh, yeah, there's some Nancy Myers in there. There's Michael Mann. Bigelow's yeah. in the middle. Yeah. But wait, what do you want to say about Point Break? What's the what's the? Because well, Bigelow has that thing where it's just like everything has to like look so sexy and so, so stylized kinetic, in yeah. the sort of Nancy Myers like I'm so trying opulent, to yeah. do to to crime and cops what Nancy Myers is trying to do to your weekend home <laughs> and the hamburgers <laughs> and the same sort of romanticism of every. Everything, whereas yeah. man is like more unsparing and I think comparing the two especially with this like cat and mouse opposite sides of the same coin that like point break leads to these like big physical outbursts and like shooting in the air and letting the guy catch the wave and this movie just leads to like two guys just being like should we hold hands quickly yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no I one's around no one back. sees it I yeah. lo- that's like a joke yeah like yeah. that's like De Niro cracks like a like joke a in that. yeah, yeah. Like, he's yeah. just like Told you I wasn't going back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but all, right, he, the, all the planes landing, the way the lights come on, and the for fact every that Pacino uses the plane. Oh, it's so well, good because I think it's so loud. It's yeah. so loud. I think De Niro is intending to use the plane, the lights, because yeah. he, he felt blinded by them. So right. he's like, "Oh, this will blind Pacino, and right. I'll get it." But then his right. own shadow. The reveal, shadow. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You think it's well, they're both smart. They're, they're both, both yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's a cat and mouse game, and then yeah. the cat wins. A Moby song plays, and I cry for twenty minutes. It's great. The heat, heat, heat. That's so a Moby good. song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's something we haven't spoken about at all. The music. Tangerine Dream, right? It's, no, no, no. It's no. Elliot Goldenthal. It's Elliot Goldenthal But it, he's doing such a Tangerine yes. Dream kind of riff. Oh, shit. Because he's done like three Tangerine Dream movies in a row. Is Manhunter Tangerine Dream? Yes. And Keep and Thief certainly are. Yep. Keep and Thief are... Manhunter, Composer, uh, I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, the Reds, which is another band like that. Wow. Um, but no, yeah. And then yeah. obviously Mohicans has that very orchestral right. score. Right. right. This is very Tangerine. And talk oh. about, right, Val Kilmer and Elliot Goldenthal in the same year doing Batman Forever and Heat. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. The Batman Forever soundtrack, is one, what it scores, one of the great scores. It's, it's also so crazy because I... As we've talked about many times on the show, don't like Batman Forever. Sure. But I feel like that score never gets enough credit because people always attribute a lot of those themes to Elfman and right. don't realize that Goldenthal actually kind of made up like eight new Batman themes. 100%. That are he has, as it's a whole thing. Yeah, right. you know, it's it's a whole uh, fucking opera score. Is all Goldenthal and is not. Is that the movie that we got to do if the bet for the bet? Like if yours is Old Dogs, is mine Batman Forever? Oh, fuck me. You know, for the for the um, Lion King bet? Yeah. I made a bet like a year and a half ago that the Lion King was going to be the highest grossing film of all time. 
And I stood by it really confidently until like three days ago when the new trailer came out. (laughs) And now you're kind of, you're a little. When the teaser came out, I was like, come at me, bro. Right. Because the teaser was just Circle of Life. Right. 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 And I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, you're like, wait, it's just the movie again. Oh, now they're talking. (laughs) No, no, that's not the problem. I was like, if it's just the movie again, it's going to make all the money in the world. And then the new trailer came out, and I was like, oh, fuck. They're not showing any shots of the characters talking. Yeah. They clearly still haven't fixed this. (laughs) They haven't cracked this. The Aladdin shit, too. Like, that's so funny. To me, Ooh. that they were like, look at this picture of Will Smith. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, uh, back in the room, guys. Hey, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Hey, uh, you're gonna work a 20 hour day forever <laughs> until Will Smith looks hot. Uh, well, it's 100%. not Tangerine Dream, but the uh, score the score yeah, is beautiful. Brenneman and uh, uh, De Niro's like when they're getting a little hot and heavy. Yeah, that score like that like it gets like faster and more intense is so fucking. It does dope. feel so telling that like throughout the film's release, all its home video releases, like the the poster, the cover always remain the same. They never sure. create a new it's image. A good poster. That was sort of the floating you know visages yeah. of right. these famous and guys. The blue and know. blue, and you got cops, you got cars, whatever. Right. right? It's sort of a classic action movie poster. And now he like did his. Like the d- director's 4K. definitive edition. Right. Yeah. And the cover is just the LA skyline from the view of Amy Brenneman's apartment. Yeah. Oh. Like it's just the grid of the lights. Because that's a great scene where he's talking about it like it's sea anemone. Right. Yes. Yeah, he's talking about the Fiji mm-hmm. uh, bio. And he's always sort of. trying to get that shit in the background. And you're like, that's what this movie's about. Like it's just about looking out into that grid. And this is also, it's just part of the like Michael Mann series of films about men who contemplate the ocean you know right, like yeah, who like yeah. look at ocean well it's like the painting think. pacific that he's doing right yes. there's like that famous painting from the 70s where there's like gun on the table and he's like leaning yeah. this is the the ah, thing now that's yeah. so dope it's so good yeah, it's i so have good. that that's yeah. what i own but it's just pacino de niro kilmer heat uh kilmer, kilmer made man. it kilmer he made it, it. Good he yeah. makes it all right so let's play the box office game december 15th 1995 pacino, de niro, kilmer Piven. Griffin, I think I know it. Well, no, Griffin, go ahead. What do you think is number one on December 15th, 95? Is Toy Story still running the table? No. What? I'm sorry to report that Toy Story has fallen for in its, it was number one for three weeks. Right. It came out uh, right before Thanksgiving. Right. And it has fallen to number two in its fourth week. 10 million bucks. How dare they? Uh, The highest grossing film of this year. Sure. 1995. But it has, this is the box office game. Uh, But this, you've listened to the podcast. Yes. this is another children's film has dethroned it. Heat opens number three, eight million. Wow. Makes 67, which is a high multiple. December 15th, you said? What? Okay. Um, it's a children's film. Is it animated? No, but it's got a lot of like CGI and like, you know, a lot, a lot of business. It's a big, it's, it's an effects thing. Yeah. Honey, I shrunk the kids. I mean, you know, it's that vibe. It's, it's that, that sort of vibe? Sure. Like big effects heavy kids movie with a big kid star. With a bit exclusively kid star? Exclusively, no. But, like, I mean, that was his niche in the 90s, for sure. That was his jam. Interesting. I mean, he made a lot of kids' movies. I worshipped him as a kid. Like, he was in all the movies. If he was in a movie, I had to go see it. Is it is it a franchise movie? Well, it wasn't. And then many years later, it became a franchise. Oh, Jumanji? Jumanji. Okay. With oh, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right, I mean, sense. you know. I saw that sense. in theaters. I was like. Whatever this is, plays a board game. They're animals. Yeah, yeah where, where 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 do I sit? No, of yeah. course it's the. Remember uh, when Robin? I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt. Remember when Robin Williams was the uh, actor for kids? Yeah. Now it's like fucking a guy named Blippy on YouTube with like <laughs> six <laughs> million views. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like we we had fucking Robin Williams yeah. making movies for us. Right. <laughs> that run from like ninety to ninety five, where you have like Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. 
Jumanji. Sure. After this, you get like Flubber, right? right. You know, right. this is after this is where it starts to curdle a little bit, yeah. but he's still in that zone. Do you remember then when you went back and watched old Robin Williams yeah. when he was like, uh, like when, oh, I yeah. remember when I then finally saw Fisher King. I'm yeah. like, right. holy oh, shit. Oh, he's yeah. a good actor yeah. and a right. comic and like yeah. he's on cocaine. He did cocaine. <laughs> That's like one of these things that always flips me out And my dad careers. was like, yeah, that was his thing. That was that <laughs> right. he did cocaine. It's not just that he did cocaine. He right. was famously doing cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> right. It's, it's one of those things that blows my mind where you're just like, this is a guy who you must have assumed checking in at like the the beginning or end of every decade being like, and that's as famous as he's going to get, right? right, yeah, right, no, right. This like, is the peak, right? For 25 years, it was like, well, he's like a weird stand-up. He found a perfect sitcom vehicle. This guy isn't going to transition into movies, right? right. <laughs> and then over the course of 10 years, he not only becomes a successful movie star, but like a very serious, respected actor with a totally. bunch of Oscars. And you're just like, well, it's not going to get any bigger than this. And then he has this year where he like makes like five three hundred million dollar grocers in a row in the nineties, yeah. and then caps it off with an Oscar. Yeah. And then you're like, it's not going to get any bigger than this. And they're like, no, that actually was yeah, the thing. Yeah, we yeah, finally yeah. got right, there. Right, it's right, hard right. to go much higher. Right. Right. After yeah, that, yeah, he yeah. does, you know, like you know, some okay stuff. It took twenty three years, right. but like he finally just. I like, feel like also Robin Williams is one of those dudes. Like if he picked up a lacrosse stick instead of a microphone, we would be talking about how he's like the most amazing lacrosse stick. You know, like right. like I just think yes. I think like he's one of those dudes where it's like because and I think. Uh, there's a plenty of other people that fit in this, but the most recent version I think is Donald Glover, where sure. you're like, he's like, let me do hip hop. He can do whatever. Yeah, right. he's like best yeah. album and best right. TV show in the same year. Right. <laughs> like, well, it's like that Tom Cruise thing of just like they have a lot of energy. Right, right. Like, the, like all of, like Glover, even when he was like a UCB guy, the thing was like, yeah, he like doesn't sleep. Yeah, right, right. He, he just like does shit all day. But when he was just a sketch guy from Hammercats, you'd be like, holy shit, this guy's ridiculously talented. Right. Then he's like, oh man, he's 21 and guys writing on 30 Rock. That's right. bullshit. And then you're like, oh wait, he's super talented. Yeah. And he's like, he quit 30 Rock? What? Oh, right. to be in community for six seasons? Oh. He quit community? What's he thinking? When he quit community, you're like, all right, it's over. Right. right. And he's right. like, oh, he starts rapping. It. Childish and you're like, oh, right. this, is, this is silly. Like, he, sh- he was so good at the other thing. Yeah. And now he's like, yeah, I own music. I'm like the first person to win a Grammy for record of the year and album of the year. You know what I mean? Like, and he and he's about to start in the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, Guava Island, yeah. <laughs> Lion King. Lion King. Uh, uh, so no, but it does, it does feel like you keep on thinking that he's not going to get any bigger, and he's right. probably going to have yeah. a Robin Williams type growth for decades. Number two is Toy Story, which gained theaters this week. Wow, people love Toy Story. Does it reclaim number one? Tell me, it reclaims number one. I think it pops again over Christmas. Yes, yes. it reclaims number one two weeks yes. from now. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, number and one then film goes to four. Wow. All over the place. Yeah. All right. Number three is Heat. Number four is a sequel to a comedy that we both have seen more than the movie. It's a sequel. To the movie. We've seen the, the sequel. sequel more. Wayne's yeah. World 2. It's like that, but not Wayne's World 2. Major League 2? No. That's one where I don't know if I've ever watched Major League. It's a good movie. Makes Ben cry. Top to end. Every time. <laughs> I've watched Major oh. League 2 so many times. Major League holds. Major League. Oh, really? Yeah. It's Haysburg. so Haysbert. Haysbert's in it. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about uh, Major League the other day. Roger Dorn is 35 in that movie. And he's like so, I only remember him as being so old. Right. I'm right. 37 now. Hell shit. It's insane. We would be too old to play the Tom Berenger role <laughs> in that movie now. <laughs> Brutal. Can you do this? Sequel to a comedy? The Ace what? Ventura 2 and Nature Calls. No. Nope. Uh, that's in the, that's number nine. Really? That's in the list. Can, but, uh, wait, yeah. can I do this? How much later is the sequel? Or is it a quick? Pretty quick, I think. Okay. This is what? This is 95. And uh, the other one, ooh, let's find out. Is ooh, this it's... the second and final? Yeah. 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 And it's star-driven? This is your guy. 
It's your guy. It's star driven. The last one was 91. This is Mike. Is it Father of the Bride Part 2? Bingo. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have seen Father of the Bride Part 2 more yeah, than I've seen course. Father of the Bride. Right. And of course, has. we're talking That's about my guy, B.D. Wong. <laughs> yeah, right. <exactly. laughs> my favorite uh, comedian. Written and directed by Nancy Myers. Charles Shire. But and Nancy only right. wrote it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, number five is an ill-advised remake of a classic film. Sabrina. Correct. Bingo. Bingo. Bang. Bang, dude. Yeah. Uh, you got, I feel like that's the one that people always throw it's out. The as classic. The right. Why'd you right. remake? That? Right. 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 Uh, you got Goldeneye, American President, wow. Casino. People don't talk about how De Niro made two three-hour crime <laughs> epics in the same fucking month, basically. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. People you know, like th- getting out of Casino and they like would have dinner and then go back <laughs> in to see Heat, I guess. <laughs> casino Dinner Heat is a nine-hour <laughs> yeah, evening. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and De Niro smiles like eight times right. combined. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and you leave with a... Uh, and both movies shatter the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> Casino, six-course lunch at Buco de Beppo. <laughs> yeah. Then you go back into the movie theater at Marty, the mall. Marty cooks you lunch. Yeah, right, Marty's right. mom comes on set and gives everyone eggplant <laughs> rollatini. Slices you the garlic <laughs> with the straight razor. Oh, boy. That is, I know we talked about a lot of things like in this movie that are erotic without being explicitly erotic. Nothing is more accidentally erotic in the history of film than Paul Sorvino slicing the garlic with the straight razor. That's so, that's, right? That's yeah, the so number great. one. Well, I think like uh, Food Network launched that off that yes. movie. They were yes. like, wait a minute. Well, people really like the slicing of the garlic. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what if we just showed shit like that all the time? All the time. Yeah. 24 hours <laughs> <Yeah>. a day. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, wait, some other trivia. Uh, Amy Brenneman told Michael Mann she didn't like the script and because it was too filled with blood and yeah. no one was uh, moral. And Michael Mann was like, yes, you're perfect for the role. Yeah. So you got what I was going <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Ted Levine was supposed to play Wayne Grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keanu Reeves was supposed to play Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The thousand bullets per take is pretty fucking wild. Yeah. Too. You can yes. only imagine what that sound. They shot that only on weekends, which means right. that cost a fortune. And yeah. like they would wait five days in between setup. I'm sure they were banging out some other stuff in between, but still, that's wild. Could you imagine how much it would have sucked to live in that neighborhood during production? <laughs> it's like it's another heat weekend. Yeah, I think it always sucks to live in that neighborhood, though. Yes. Yes. Fair <laughs> it's enough. Like downtown LA is not yeah. ideal. Cool. Uh, I was yeah. just staying there. That is. A weird place. You were downtown? Yeah. Well, you are downtown Griffey Nims. I'm downtown Griffey Nims, and I yeah. demanded they book me into a hotel as far as possible from all of my press obligations. Yeah, and they were like, you're sure you want to do downtown? You were like, it's the brand, baby. Yeah. Downtown's great if you are a New Yorker and you're like, oh, I." but if you right. want a remotely LA experience, downtown is not it yet. No, yeah, it, no. It's like, it's still like- Oh, it's cool. It's just like New York. It's like, I don't want like New York. I want palm trees now. And it is all those <laughs> right, old right, historical right. buildings where you're like, ah, oh, these used to be the great movie palaces. Yeah. And now it's like an abandoned, like. <laughs> they sell off brand Spanx. <laughs> right. Now it's like a Lululemon yeah. that's going out of business somehow. Right. Right. Now it's a place that sells sequined jumpsuits right. by the dozen. Right. Like, you know, like, it's like the Madison Park area yes. where you're like, you sell only wholesale handbags in this yeah. place? How do you stay open? It's either that or like a rat hostel. Right, right. Like you're like, this is just empty? <laughs> yeah, we're done. Okay. Well, I mean, we only went like two and a half hours. We're two done. and a half? Yeah, wow. we're done. Yeah. It's okay. heat. It's yeah. heat. It's we heat. started the mo- talking about the movie at hour f- one. We had a yes. lot to talk <laughs> We had a lot to talk about. It's yeah. heat. You have to blow that one out. We're not even including uh, Ben's uh, <laughs> dilemma. Oh, <laughs> ben, how are we doing, Ben? 
fine. Ben, have you I'm had sorry. anything to eat today? No. Oh boy. Ben, I want. I I said this to Griffin before we recorded, but watching the heat. Uh, watching the heat. I watched the heat instead. Sorry, I didn't know what we were talking about this whole time. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I was like, what about Sandy Bullock? Huh? Comedy. Didn't bring her up once. <laughs> It was bold to call a movie The Heat. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The Heat. This yeah. one's The Heat. Yeah, right, no, right, ignore right, it. Right. Yeah. Like it's The Predator. <laughs> but I, They did that. I, th- that's yeah, what I'm that's, saying. It's wild, too. The God. Wolverine. God, and then we're going to get The Suicide Squad. Yeah, The uh, Batman. Oh, that movie fucked me. The Predator ruined me. I was never. I got hyped for it because yeah. I believed Shane Black was going to help know. us in some I way. Know. Woof. Can I give you a hot tip? Yeah. This isn't for you because it's too late, but for our listeners... I had that same level of just like he's gonna fucking nail this. Yes, it's he's the one. Right. When the reviews were bad, I was so like bummed out. I couldn't even like take myself to see the theater because I knew it depressed me yeah. too much. Please, pretty well on a plane. I believe. Oh it. yeah, with zero it's expectations so on a plane, you're like. They're doing weird shit. Right. The fact that there is a Tourette's character in a comedy after or playing for comedy after yeah. Deuce Bigelow makes no sense. Right. Like, right. <laughs> I will say I uh uh the the man who directed or not directed, the man who directed that film was Shane Black. The man who edited the Predator, mm-hmm. uh, edited the pilot of the of tick. Yon tick. Mm-hmm. And he did not do the series because he was like, Yeah, the Predator ended up being a nineteen month edit job. Oh boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that certainly is like, a movie that seems edited. <laughs> right. But he was was like it truly maybe you should have spent month 20 yeah <laughs> like, right, exactly maybe yeah, we'll see it one more month guys. Yeah. but on. he was saying like because i was like i watched it on a plane i thought it was pretty good and he was like i think it probably plays better on a plane oh boy and he was also like he like shot it they proved the script he cast it they delivered it and then they were like wait a second why is this a shane black movie right right, right and it right. was like it was just months and months of reshoots and re-edits to try to take all the shane black out of it so then the shane black that is in it is weird very yeah. weird that's it, the problem with that right, movie right. right it feels like it keeps being like well let's get back to the plot and i'm like Let's definitely not get back to the plot. <laughs> yeah, the, the plot, plot is sucks. confusing. The plot fully sucks. <laughs> yes. I do not want to talk about the plot. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we just... And, but even... Yeah, so then the Shane Black stuff feels like it's trying too hard. It's sort of like everyone is just like saying funny lines. Right. Like, and you're like, can everyone relax? It's I a movie with yeah. like 12 comic relief characters. Right. Everyone in it is like eight bits. Yeah. Right, right. And then like a, a magical autism, which always is <sighs> which like... Which sucks. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know uh, who's good in it is uh, Trevante Rhodes. He's the only one who kind of has everything That guy down. is so good. Yes, he is. Uh, Keegan, who's Trevante Rhodes? Remind me which one. He's the guy from Moonlight who's oh, like, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. One like guy a former who, like, linebacker. Like, like he's so yeah. hot. He's, he's the guy who yeah. says he shot himself in the head. Yes. Right, right, right. And he's like, he's... Whereas like Keegan Michael Key is yeah. like dialed to one zillion in that yeah. thing. Yeah. Although him and Thomas Jane's death is the best uh, in the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's Some the, of the best deaths part are of the fun. movie. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, Trevante Rhodes, you're just like, it sucks that this didn't do well because right. he should have gotten his he own franchise coming out of that. I even kind of like the dude, the bad guy from Logan. Uh, uh, who's the Holbrook, I think yeah, is okay. Yeah, yeah, he's, a, like he's a lot of style. I mean, he's like one of those like... He makes sense for like a Predator type movie, yes. but it just like... He's good. It, yeah. I mean, you know, he's in that Headland zone, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I like him yeah. a little more. I think he's got a little more offbeat <sighs> energy. You could I like Hor- Headland. I'll go to bat for Headland. I, I like Headland too. I'm not anti-Headland. I certainly put Headland above anyone's talked about him. You know? Oh, I'm anti-Hunnam and I watch every episode of Sons of Anarchy. If we're talking, just let him be British in a movie. If we're yeah. talking, yeah. Holbrook, I love him, him if he's British. I yeah, love him if he's British. British. Like Lost City is that? I love that. I love. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I don't like him that way. And we oh, talked about you. this, and that's my one issue. If you swapped uh, uh, fucking uh, Hunnam mm. and Pattinson, probably would have been my favorite movie that but year. But Pattinson well. is like, I will not play a clean man. No, right. no. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the beard will grow. No more sparkles on me. Exactly. Baby. It is funny that it is like Hunnam, Holbrook, and Headland. <laughs> 
like the three like Sandy Blonde age boys right. who all are sort of doing like tough guy patois, yeah. right, but right. look like models. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, they have similar names, but I uh, this guy kind of breaks that pattern, but he fits Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, he's also Kinnaman's like a, yeah, 100%. he's like one of those guys right. like because my wife has two types, yeah. and they're that world of like right. scrawny, mousy like right. blondes and big, heavy set. Dark uh, bearded guys. Right. Right. Those they are all have this sort of like right. affected right. tough guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, Hoyt Holbrook could have been in Triple Frontier, and we might not even have noticed. Right, right. Gonna, right. He could have swapped out for a whole yeah. scene from yes. someone. Casting Hunnam and get Headland as brothers in Triple Frontier is like the funniest joke in the world. <laughs> yeah. That is like so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's brilliant. No yeah. one ever thought to do that before. Right. Because they've always been like coin toss guys. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is this Hunnam? I don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Arthur? I don't care. Who fucking cares? Uh, did we say that on like the Arthur thing? So one whole movie about him learning how to use a sword? Yes, we said that. Yeah. 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 Uh, five hours ago all on right. this episode. All right. Ring, ring it up. Okay. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Uh, oh, is there anything you need to plug? Yeah, you got a plug. Oh, yeah. For you movie fans out there, I do a, a weekly podcast called Action Boys. Yeah. Where we yes. do, if you like uh, reviews longer than the movies themselves, <laughs> right. that's exactly what we yeah. do for classic action movies from like the mid-70s to like late 90s. Right. We kind of keep it in that world. And it's, uh, you know, we. I'm a huge fan and I love talking about movies, so I was, I'm pumped to be here. But uh, check out Action Boys. And then uh, High and Mighty, which I've been on twice to talk about the Fast and Furious franchise. Standing. Uh, standing. Uh, you will be Hobbs doing it. Shaw. I'm yeah, we're going to center a flight around doing Trump. it. Right. Yeah, you might that be counts. my first Skype interview if you have to be. I'll get on a fucking plane because we need to feel that energy. Because the one we did for one through seven ended with both of us crying. Yes, which I thought was... Uh, and we we had kind of known each other, but I was like, yeah. we both kind of talked about it online thing. a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, Griffin, would you want to get together and talk? And we got so into it. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we truly they, were they crying at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Came back for eight, which was sort of a like a dissection of like what we thought had gone wrong. Yeah, and we ended that with our my favorite. Uh, we pitched nine. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. We, and we pitched ourselves as the characters. What is I, nine? I heard a really good scoop, and I'm going to tell you guys the second oh, we finish recording. I've got is, a, I had a whole pitch for nine too. I bet they're not doing. I I, I heard some hot shit, and I forgot. <laughs> can't believe I haven't told you yet. The Fast and Furious is so good that like I showed Joanna, my girlfriend, all of them mm-hmm. before eight because mm-hmm. she'd never seen any of yeah. them. And then she recently asked me, she's like, when's nine out? Because I want to do it again. Yeah. That's the best thing you could say about yeah. Fast and Furious. Right. That you're excited for a new movie because you want to see all the you other ones. Uh, you ever want to have an excuse yeah. Fast to and the Furious, soak in it. Fast yeah. and the Furious and now also the Mission Impossible movies yes. have yes. saved me from Marvel. Like has well, saved me emotionally I, from Marvel in that I'm like, Okay, I want big Marvel budget action. Right. Oh, Marvel has me. I've I've seen everything opening no, night. Sure, yeah, sure. But you're saying yeah. right. You're, you, it, yes, this I is what, what I'm saying. looking forward to is big budget action movies that don't have cartoons in them. Right. Like I and that's and I think Fast and Furious is doing that. It's doing Marvel movies just with like uh, only a suspension of disbelief. <laughs> right. I'm worried that they will have cartoons. You want to tell us this thing off mic? No. Okay. No, wait, I right. do. Yeah. And I'm also going to I'm going to tell you a thing that our guest Alex Ross Perry said. Mm. That's because I, I want to get your reaction on mic. As the final thing of the episode. Okay. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thanks to Andrew Goodall for our social media. Joe Bow and Pat Rounds for our artwork. Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Go to blankies.red.com for some real nerdy shit. Go to TeePublic for some real nerdy shirts. Go to Patreon for uh, blank check bonus features where we are covering all the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, fun. And as always, as suggested by Alex Ross Perry, if I can get your real-time reaction to this, Imagine the alternate universe in which Michael Mann had made Mission Impossible 3. (sighs) Thank you. (laughs) Now I wouldn't skip one in the (laughs) rewatch. Okay.
Fast and Furious 9. 